number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. All right, here we go. It's plus 22 outside here in the Queen City. On this Wednesday, Sean Kleisinger filling in for Michael Ball alongside my friend Blaine Wyland across the board for me. And we are going to talk a whole lot of Canadian Football League today because the Saskatchewan Roughriders, we're back on the practice field today. Preparation is indeed underway for the big one on Sunday. And right at the bottom of the clock of this hour, former receiver of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Shaq Evans, now with the Ottawa Red Blacks, of course, will be joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. And all of our guests on today's show will appear on that Western Pizza Hotline. You can order the Rough Rider Sweet Deal from Western Pizza and enter your name for a chance to win a game from a stadium luxury suite next season. Sounds like a pretty good uh, deal to me. So... Shaq Evans, and then after him, Dylan Edmonds of the Regina Red Sox will be joining us because Dylan Edmonds just has two more home games left in the regular season, that is, for the Red Sox. That's today and tomorrow. And uh, Dylan Edmonds, of course, is from Regina, Saskatchewan. So the hometown boy will be joining us around the horn with Ben Wagner at 4.05 p.m., the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. A lot happening in Blue Jay land right now. A.J. Jackiebeck, the play-by-play voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks on TSN 1200, will join us at about 4.20. Rob Vanstone and so much more. Paul Waldo, Waldo's Warriors, will also have a... Where Are They Now segment for Floor Coverings International at 5.35 with Glenn Suter as he goes back in time and chats with Brendan Tanneman. Uh, Brendan Tanneman, rather. I'm just I'm getting all flustered because the big boss man's beside me here. Hey, let's bring let's bring in uh, Andrew Dawson. Andrew Dawson here. He has an announcement to kick off uh, the show today. Thanks for us stopping by. Oh, uh, listen. First of all, thanks for giving me a couple of minutes of uh, time on the cage, Blaine. Always good to see you, my friend, and uh, great to talk to all you all here, all you cage fans and rider fans. As you know, the Regina Rams will be starting their uh, regular season coming up at the end of this month. We're in August already. Oh. My God, where's the summer going? But the Regina Rams are starting up, and of course, you're going to hear a lot of those games right here on 620 CKRM, and we're going to have a change in the broadcast booth this year, as we're going to have a different play-by-play announcer, but I think everybody listening out there will agree, and hopefully you'll call in with your congratulations throughout the afternoon, Uh, but it is our official announcement that you, Sean Kleisinger, will be our play-by-play voice. Sean, we're so happy that you're going to do this this year, man. No, I don't even know... uh... Humbled, thankful. I actually wrote what I was going to say on my phone here. If you know <laughs> the the opportunity, you know, for me it correlates to years of you know imagery and aspiration. And when I first found out that I could be you know doing this, I just automatically thought about the six year old who was commentating the names in the crowd at the 1998 Canadian Bowl <laughs> at Taylor Field. And then uh, you know, obviously thinking about the legendary list of alumni that came before after that moment in time, you know, the ones still with us, the ones who are no longer. Think about friends and family who have worn the horn helmet, both white and gold. Uh, it's them who really entrenched the passion to cheer and you know to cheer on this team in the begin to begin with. And uh, it's them who inspired, you know, this honor of calling the games on the radio. So, and obviously a big thank you to yourself and the team here at Harvard Media for giving me the opportunity. Well, you know how important our relationship is with the Regina Rams. Yeah. Uh, we think the world of them, the school, not just that, but the sport program and uh, and all the kids who would compete in all the different sports. Uh, but the football games, of course, we get to carry on the air for our fans. And 
to be honest, I couldn't think of someone who's better, more qualified, or more deserving of this opportunity uh, than yourself, uh, sir. I think, uh, Sean, you guys don't know this. Uh, Ballsy probably talks about it once in a while, but Sean works his tail off, everybody. And one of the things we've talked about a lot is always being ready for that opportunity. And guess what? The opportunity came, and Sean's ready, and we know he's going to hit it out of the yard. So congratulations to you, man. No, I appreciate it. And I will let you have your radio show back. Uh, When's the Blue Jays stuff coming? I just want to know. Blue Jays at 4.05. We're going to talk with the radio voice of the Jays to try to find out what's going on with this team because, you know, lately it's... uh you can probably hear the quiver in my voice. <laughs> it's not good right now. I've got a cold. I don't know what your excuse is, but I got a cold. No, I'm just but, sad. They got thumped 13 yeah. to 3 yesterday. So. We talked about this real quick before we went on yeah. the air, but you know, Baltimore made a bunch of moves, including landing a frontline starting pitcher or at least a top three guy in their starting rotation, where the Jays didn't do much, and that was probably a pretty strong message to both of those clubhouses. The Baltimore guys took theirs and ran with it, while the Jays kind of looked like they had their tail between their legs. So I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask the voice of the Jays this. I want his take because a lot of people are not happy right now nope. in Blue Jay land. So we will find out. Jays are going for a win tonight against Baltimore, trying to get back on track. Yusei Kikuchi, I believe, is on the hill for the Bluebirds. So once again, Andrew, thanks for coming in and uh, you know making that announcement. I kind of feel awkward sitting here <laughs> when it's happening, but don't get yeah. me wrong. Very, very happy, very uh, delighted to be calling games this year. So uh, thanks again, my friend. I appreciate everything you do. Our pleasure, man. Congratulations. All right, thank you. That's Andrew Dawson joining us here on the Sports Cage. And uh, hey, let's check in with uh, Coach Craig Dickinson, who chatted with the media after practice today. Yeah, the, the film. I mean, he played well. You watch the film, and he made a lot of tough throws under under duress, you know, and, and for the most part played a, a pretty sound game, you know, and got the one pick late, but, you know, we were down in that game, and he was pressing, and um, I feel good about Mason. I, I think he's going to get better this week, and I think he's he's earned the right to keep playing. Is it going to be a more of a truer test this week and a really a – a measuring stick game for him against another team that's three and four? No, I think they are all tests and all measuring sticks. And I think the last the last two he's played, he's he's had you know probably the two best defenses in the league. Ottawa's going to come in loaded for bear. They've got a, a good football team. They can tell they're much better on, across the board personnel wise, and um, it'll be a good test. You mentioned after the game that you wanted to get Jake some reps and to see him. Is that still the case moving forward? And how do you Possibly. That I mean, they both know they're going to probably play, you know, and they both both need to do well. And, and Shane knows we might use him as well. So it's a game you could see one quarterback for the whole 60 minutes or you could see all three. You just said you played the top two teams in the league. You just traveled 6,000 kilometers. How do you keep Mason calm and even ready for ice? Just Dan, just focus on on practice. That's what we do. We focus on having the best day we can. So today's focus was on first down and P and ten, and and doing a good job in the meetings, getting a little lift in, and and having a good practice. That's how that's how I think you stay grounded. You stay in the present, and you focus on having the best day you can. And when the game's here, he'll be ready. Craig, how important is it for Mason to lead a touchdown drive in this one? First two starts, no touchdown drives. It's important for our team to score touchdowns. So uh, I don't care if it's Mason, special teams, or defense. We need touchdowns to win. So uh, that's the end game, and that's the goal is, is you, you want to score touchdowns. So it's important for, for Mason to have a good game and, and lead us to touchdowns when we're down. Do you have a little extra appreciation for the comforts of home after you play on one coast and then the other coast? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but it goes with the territory. And the road trips are kind of fun because, you know, those are two pretty nice cities if you think about it, Vancouver and then Halifax. So I, I felt like the guys enjoyed both of the road games. We're happy to be home, but 
we certainly enjoyed the road games. How much do you pay attention to the outside noise? Because people are obviously looking at Jake Dolagallisine sure. for the touchdown pass. I try it? not to listen too much, but I mean, I'm I'm a human being. I read the news, and, and I get messages from my buddies too. So, yeah, I mean, everybody's got an opinion. I think it's great, but uh, we get paid to try to make the best decisions for our football team, and and uh, there's no sure thing. But we feel like Mason's the right guy, and we feel like Jake's uh, ready to go if called upon. Craig, I don't want to jinx it, but throughout the first little bit here, you guys are one of the least penalized teams in the league so far. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's good. We took a little step back this week, Britain. We had eight. So our, our point of emphasis two days ago when we brought them back was let's let's learn from these and let's make sure we tighten it up a little bit because we're not, we're not a good enough team to overcome a lot of penalties. I think we've done a good job of eliminating a lot of them, but we can still do better, and that'll be something we work on all year. Did the messaging change from you this year? What's kind of clicked this year in terms of penalties? Yeah, it changed a little bit. Yeah, I, I told the fellas we're going to be known for three things. We're going to be known as a smart football team, and that's football IQ, so situational football and being smart about penalties. We're going to be a physical football team, and I, I think we're getting there, and we're going to play together. And I think we've done a really good job of playing together so far. Does that come from maybe bringing in some of these veteran guys? Do they help kind of cut down the penalties? Yeah, they do a little bit, but we've just been hammering them. Trust me, those guys know the standard for every penalty in the league right now. And if they get one, it's because they choose to play just outside of it. And we make sure they know that's not okay when we review the film. And how encouraging is it that that message of the penalties isn't falling on deaf ears? The guys are taking it to heart this year. Yeah, it's, it's encouraging. I think we've got a really good group, and I think they really want to do uh whatever it takes to have success and one of those things is we've got to be a smart football team is there something in previous years you remember from locker or something that it just wasn't clicking for penalties or what yeah, might we have been? just had a we had a little little bit more of a renegade bunch i didn't do as good of a job of addressing it um and i just think we've learned from our, our past mistakes and we've got a little better is there an update on Braden lenius he wasn't here today no it don't look good for him though uh, we'll see tomorrow how he is but uh, right now, we're planning on going without. Uh, injury in the Halifax game, obviously, was there a, something that happened? It's foot. foot. Um, and Jordan Tucker bringing him in, what is that? Uh, well, we for? really liked Tuck in training camp, and we felt like as soon as he's healthy, we'd want to bring him back and give him a chance to get going. He's still a few weeks away from, from contributing, but he, was a, he had a good camp, hurt his knee in camp, so we wanted to bring him back and see if we could work and develop him. And back to Lenius, is that tough to see a guy who's recovered from an injury like that to, yeah. to go down again? Yeah, it was his first game back yeah. after being on the six for that uh, that kidney. So yeah, it's it's tough. Tough break for him. Uh, we'll, we'll know more tomorrow, but uh, we're not optimistic we're going to see him this week. And Darnell Sank, is there any interest in bringing him back? No, nah, we're happy with our, our group and, and we feel like we've got a good bunch. So I wish Darnell all the best wherever he lands. That's head coach Craig Dickinson after practice today. And yeah, that's kind of, that's sucky. That's sucky news. I don't, I don't know why that word came to mind, but that's not really good news about Brayden Lenius, especially, you know, he just got back into the lineup this past week. And then there you have it. You just never know in the game of football. But we do know that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have signed American offensive tackle Jordan Tucker. Uh, Tucker returns to the Rough Riders after recovering from an injury he sustained at training camp. And prior to joining the Riders, he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a undrafted free agent following last year's NFL draft. He attended training camp with the Steelers. So uh, got some, I believe he went to North Carolina 
North Carolina Tar Heel, yeah, North Carolina Tar Heel, Jordan Tucker. So uh, that that's always good. I mean, when you look at the offensive line, though, Brandon Council was not out there today, right? Blaine Wyland, he, he, uh, Eric Lofton, for the most part, was taking some reps at left tackle. Lofton was taking the uh, snaps at left tackle. Council was out there, though, today. Okay, that's good. And uh, another thing that comes to mind as well today in Ryderville, before we hit the break in here from quarterback Mason Fine on the other side, uh, what better way to celebrate country roots night coming here on Sunday than uh, showcasing... Our own Canadian country music uh, music artist and Lumsden local Justin Labrash is set to sing the national anthem at uh, this weekend's game at uh, Mosaic Stadium. And I know uh, 620 CKRM, we know Justin Labrash very well because he has uh, been a part of our country cookouts over the years. So I can't wait to see him singing in front of hopefully around 30,000 large on Sunday afternoon at Mosaic Stadium. And hey, one guy that used to play in front of Rider Nation here in Regina is Shaq Evans, and Shaq Evans is getting set to join us on the Western Pizza Hotline at the bottom of the hour at uh, about 3.35. Can't wait to talk with Shaq. We're going to take a break, though, on the other side. We will hear from Mason Fine. The media caught up with Mason Fine after practice today. You are listening to the Sports Cage on this Wednesday for 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Sean Kleisinger alongside Blaine Wyland on this Wednesday inside the Sports Cage. And I forgot to mention, in a corresponding move, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have released national kicker Campbell Fair in relation to uh, the Riders making that signing today. Offensive tackle Jordan Tucker. And uh, the competition this week is the Ottawa Red Blacks. And I saw today that the Ottawa Red Blacks have activated three players from their six-game injured list. Defensive back Justin Howell, wide receiver Tavon Smith, and uh, wide receiver Braylon Addison. And also they added uh, Maurice French to the practice roster. Remember him? He made some plays for the Edmonton Elks early on this season. He was recently released a few weeks ago, and I was kind of wondering when he was going to land with the team. Well, he landed in Ottawa, the nation's capital today, and uh, he will start off on Ottawa's practice roster. The quarterback for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people... And maybe maybe rightfully so. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. A lot of people want to see a change at quarterback. A lot of people want to keep seeing Mason Fine, you know, take the reins. Me, personally, I want to see Mason Fine more because when you look at that football game, I mean, Jamal Morrow, he fumbled the football on the goal line. And then uh, there's just a lot of things that went wrong in that football game and I don't think it all falls on the quarterback. Uh, With that said though, Mason Fine, he was asked about his performance in Halifax after practice today. Uh, Yeah, you want to get the win so um, obviously that's a letdown but uh, you go back and you watch film and you grade what you could have done better and uh, what you did well at and there's some positives to take away, there's some negatives. Um, So me and Kelly, uh, Coach Kelly went back and watched film there's some good there and obviously there's a couple of plays you want to have back but um, Overall, I did well. You can play better, make a couple more throws, better decisions. But uh, a lot to build on uh, moving forward, and I'm just gonna, you know, keep my head down, keep working, uh, get one go one week better, uh, focus a little bit more, uh, come out a little bit chip on my shoulder, make sure this offense is rolling, and just just attack each and every day. Do you feel pressure to lead a touchdown drive at this point, two games without you leading? Uh, no, I don't feel any pressure. 
or anything like that. We just got to keep running our offense. Obviously, you got to put points up, and um, you know that's what I care about is, is putting uh, points up on the board, no matter you know how you get it done. But yeah, you got to get it done. You got to put more points on the board uh, as a as a group, as an offense, and uh, so yeah, you got to you got to you know just keep challenging yourself and knowing you're going to get better. Uh, we're right there, and uh, we just got to have another great week of practice, uh, lock in, and, and go out there and, and translate from practice out to out there to the game. I feel like we lose a little bit of the translation from having great practices all week, but then when it comes to game day, maybe we just miss our assignment here and there, don't execute quite. So we just got to get better from transitioning from practice and putting that into the games and making different mistakes in games and not the same mistakes from the weeks prior. How are you feeling physically after that game? Because you took some big hits in that one. Yeah, I felt 100%. I felt 100%. Um, just, uh, you know, I felt 100% five minutes after the game. Just uh, kind of hit a uh, shoulder, took a shot there, but I, I was good five minutes after that. And um, 100% on the plane ride back and 100% the next day waking up. So I feel great moving forward. What does it mean to you to hear your head coach say that you're going to be continue to be the team's starting quarterback even immediately after a losing effort, just to have that confidence from the head coach? Yeah, you know, it's just I – Obviously, you want to win games, but you got to realize it is a team sport. There's, a, it's a team. It takes 45 active guys on the roster. There's 12 guys on offense. You just got to keep doing your job, and um, and it, and um, yeah, he thinks I'm doing an okay job to keep the spot. So uh, he makes the call at the end of the day. I just got to focus on doing my job each and every play, and don't try to push too much on each drive or each quarter. Just look at it one play at a time. Look what the defense is giving you, and make the make the most of it within that given play call. Your last three starts have been on the road. How nice will it be to start here? It'll, it'll be nice to play in front of Ryder Nation here in Mosaic. Uh, I love playing here. You know, the time I've gotten my um, minutes here, it's, uh, I feel like the fans are going to bring a lot of energy, and, and it's going to be an advantage uh, for the offense for sure. So I'm looking, looking much forward to it playing here at home at Mosaic. There's always different challenges and obstacles, especially going away, uh, especially to Halifax a day earlier. Kind of messed up a routine, so it's going to be good just to stay home. Uh, play in front of our home fans uh, and, and get used to your home routine. I feel like me personally, I love home games just so I have all the the, the facilities, the resources here, the tools. Uh, I got my film set up. You know, I got, you know, I just, I, you know, yeah, it's just, I get, you got your, you're used to the routine here. So, yeah, I, I think it, it's going to be nice coming back home and playing for this this week. Do you feel like there's an opportunity there against uh, an Ottawa team, similar three and four record? They've given up the most passing yards uh, in the league so far? Uh, I mean, statistically, I, I don't care what the stats say. You put, you watch them on film. It's a great defense, um, and obviously, you watch the games on TV, the offense, and what's going on there. But just watching film and, and uh, analyzing that, they're a great defense. They, they, they don't make a whole lot of mistakes. They're in the right position a lot of times, and uh, you know they, they've created turnovers. So they're they're a ball hawking defense, and uh, they're strong and they're physical, and, and they play hard. You turn on that tape, and linebackers, DNs, are all playing hard. So it's going to be a great challenge for us, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Have you been impressed? with what Dustin Crown was able to do over there uh, with his last few starts? Yeah, as a quarterback, you're impressed with any uh, young guy that comes in and, and wins games, especially coming from uh, behind. shows how resilient he is, a uh, guy willing to make plays like that. So, uh, yeah, I credit him for, for making those plays. He's doing a great job over there, and I, I wish him the best uh, moving forward as just a quarterback to a quarterback. You know how close this quarterback room is? You guys all seem like friends. So what's it like to see Jayco out there and lead that touchdown drive? It's good. I mean, you want to see your, your, your guys uh, do well, your friends uh, have success. Same thing happened last year when I had success when, when uh, you know, they put me in there early against Montreal and Cody, you know, he showed me the support that I need. I knew how much that helped me moving forward. So I want to do the same exact thing uh, for Jake and, uh, and uh, this gives the team confidence and him confidence moving forward that you can go out there and play. Riders starting quarterback Mason Fine after practice today as Mason's getting set for his uh, 
second uh, consecutive start on Sunday versus the Ottawa Red Blacks. How are your vibes, Blaine Wyland? How do you feel about this game as it sits? 3.27 p.m. Wednesday afternoon. Do you feel like Mason Fine is going to end the offense as a whole going to have a better outing on Sunday. Almost feel like they have to. Yeah. You know, it, I, I don't want to call this a must-win game, but they I really feel like this is one that the Rough Riders need. Mm-hmm. They need to win this game on Sunday. Yeah. You look at the schedule afterwards. You've got a short week against Montreal across the country again. Then you got the BC Lions, then you get a lengthy bye, then you got the back-to-back Labor Labor Day and the Labor Day rematch. So I really think that this game is one you got to get some momentum going. It's going to be tough going to that Montreal game with a loss on Sunday. So I think there's a little. I don't know if we want to call desperation yet, but at the same time, I think Fine's going to. Re, I think he's going to rebound a little bit here. He faced the top two defenses, as we heard, and I think that's going to help him out in the long run. You know, when you face the best, it's going to help mm-hmm. you out. Yeah, I'm expecting a, a really. Nice game from Mason Fine coming up here on Sunday. And sticking with the Canadian Football League, I saw this note. I think it came down about 15 minutes ago. The Toronto Argonauts, they released veteran receiver Markeith Ambles. So Markeith Ambles is on the market now. I don't uh, know the details on that, why that was done. I don't know if... Uh, I'll just leave it at that. I don't, know, I don't know anything more than me reading it off of Twitter or off of X, whatever it's called these days. I don't even know what the app's called anymore. But uh, uh, as well, sticking with the Argos, I saw yesterday that uh, Chad Kelly threw out the opening pitch at the Toronto Blue Jays game. So it's nice to see the the Argos getting some publicity. Hey, Blaine Wyland, did you see that? Chad Kelly I, on the big mound. I did. Didn't you ask him that uh, if he was going to do that when he was at Toronto? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that, 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 that was about a month and a half ago. I was like, hey, are you going to go to a Jays game? And it kind of sounded like he had something in the making. So maybe that's what he was talking about. But uh, that was uh, great to see. Anytime the Argos you know, get some pub, some publicity in the city of Toronto, that's a uh, that always goes a long way. We're going to take a break here, and we are getting set to be joined by former wide receiver of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Shaq Evans, now receiver of the Ottawa Red Blacks, of course. And this will be his first time making his way back into Mosaic Stadium since, uh, you know, he left in free agency and signed a deal with the Ottawa Red Blacks. So Shaq Evans, a lot of people used to call him Batman around here. He will be coming up on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. Plus 22 degrees and sunny here in the Queen City of Regina, Saskatchewan right now. Sean Kleisinger sitting in for Michael Ball, Blaine Wyland alongside me as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We're back on the practice field today getting all set and fine-tuned for Sunday's game versus the visiting Ottawa Red Blacks. And we are now joined on the Western Pizza Hotline by former Saskatchewan Rough Rider receiver and current Red Black receiver. A fan favorite here in Ryderville, Shaq Evans. How you doing today, Shaq? Thanks for uh, carving out a couple minutes here. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm doing well. I uh, appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, definitely definitely excited about this about this week. Yeah. Uh, Shaq, about a month ago I was uh, chatting with your former teammate here in Saskatchewan, Manny Arsenal, and I was telling him, hey, man, there's still a lot of of your jerseys being worn around town here. And same thing goes with yourself, Shaq Evans. Uh, there's always mm-hmm. a Evans number one jersey being worn by fans at Mosaic Stadium. So uh, 
I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Manny Arsenal. How does that make you feel knowing that the, the fan base here still, you know, adores the Shaq Evans? Uh, man, you know, that, 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 that feels, it feels great, you know, just, you know, because, uh, like I said, I enjoyed my, my time there, and it was it was tremendous, and I always felt love from the crowd, you know, from the fans. You know, obviously there was always those fans that were, you know, negative at times, but for the most part, man, I, know, I got nothing but love there, and to hear that people are still wearing my jersey, it does make you feel good because it lets you know that there was, there was definitely love there for the, the year that you were there. Yeah, and you already mentioned it. You're excited to come back this weekend. This weekend will be your first time back at Mosaic Stadium as a visiting player. And, well, I was going to ask you what your emotions will be like on Sunday, but you can't really predict emotion. So I'll ask you as it sits today, what's what's the feeling inside of Shaq Evans' belly leading up to this game? Uh, like you said, I can't really predict how I'm going to feel on game day, but right now I'm just, like I said, it's just excitement, you know, mm-hmm. A great opportunity, you know, just just be on the other side. You know, I never, you know, thought about thought about that part until you know six months ago when I signed with Ottawa about you know being on the other side and having to deal with the crowd. You know, pre snap, you know, I was always one, always one of the guys, you know, pumping up the crowd. Now I gotta deal with the crowd and and try to you know run my plays and stuff like that. But like I said, the main feeling right now inside me is just you know excitement and you know it's like like my second home. So I'm definitely excited to get back in Regina for the first time in a while. Yeah, and uh, Shaq, I I would consider you like, uh, you know, you love football, obviously. You're an emotional player, so I'm just trying to, like, predict what your emotions will be like on, on Sunday. Can can you, like, maybe lay a prediction? Is there going to be some, you know, some tears, or is it going to be something that you're going to try to hold back on? Or are you just going to, you know, let it flow? I'm gonna just let it flow. Whatever, whatever comes naturally is what I'm gonna let yeah. flow. Because I mean, I, as, as human beings, it's okay to yeah. you know let emotions out if, if if it is there. If there are tears, then let it. So be it. You know, get it out the way and, and get back focused on the game. But uh, I'm just gonna let it be natural. You know, I don't like I said, I don't know what I'm gonna feel because mm-hmm. I never thought about being in this situation. You know, so but uh, uh, it's, it's definitely gonna be it's definitely gonna be some emotions there because like I spent a lot of time there. Went through a lot of stuff there, had great seasons, down seasons, injuries, you know, great games, bad games. So it's like every emotion I, I felt there, being there. So it probably might all come rushing back to me once it's, you know, a few minutes before, you know, kickoff and things like that. But at the end of the day, man, I'm just, like I said, I'm just excited and, and grateful that I even have this opportunity to do something like this. Not a lot of people get to play against their former team and, and still have them, you know, have affinity for them. So, I'm definitely excited to, to get back to Mosaic. Then you, you mentioned uh, memories. Uh, I'm going to piggyback on that. What is the first catch that comes to mind when you think of your tenure with the Riders? What catch uh, did you think of just right now when uh, I asked you the question? What's number one? Uh, I probably would have to go with uh, the first time, the, the first deep ball I cut uh, down the side. There were the opponent sideline against Montreal in mm. 2018. It was on Tommy Campbell yeah. uh, from Dave Watford, actually. He threw me the ball. And the funny thing about that play is that I didn't even know I had a go route until about maybe two or three seconds before the, before the ball was snapped. And uh, he threw it up to me, and I made a great play. And I still, to this day, don't think I was down by contact because I got up and put the ball behind my back and made the second guy miss and would have scored if they didn't blow me dead. But that's definitely the first catch because that was, like, I think that was my first uh, – 
I think that was my first game at Mosaic Stadium because we had played Toronto a couple of weeks before that, but I wasn't active. And then that was, I think that was our second game at home against Montreal. Yeah, maybe I remember that like yesterday. Uh, I don't remember it as good as you do, but I remember that uh, playing no <laughs> yeah. doubt. Uh, Ottawa yeah. Red Blacks receiver Shaq Evans with us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Hey, so uh, tell us about your new QB1, Dustin Crum. What's he like? CFL fans are still getting familiar uh, with uh, the Red Blacks' new quarterback. You're in the locker room with them every day. What kind of guy yeah. is Dustin Crum? Mm-hmm. We already know he's a smart rocket scientist. Yeah, that was amazing. I just found that out like last week. I was yeah. like, "Wow, no wonder." But yeah, he's a, definitely a smart guy. He's a he's a focused guy. He's a driven guy, and uh, he has this quiet cockiness about him where he because he he puts in the work and he he knows that he's prepared and uh, you can just sense that. And like, uh, so when he got his, I think it's yeah, when he got his first start against uh, against Winnipeg, like I wasn't. I wasn't surprised how he played because I just I had a feeling like I like this guy there's something about him like just being around him for a couple of months up to that point and like I said he had this quiet cockiness about him and I know that he's very diligent in his preparation so it wasn't really a surprise to me that he played so well I and mean, he started off kind of slow but that was expected it was his first professional start and uh but you saw a second half he just he just took off and uh he's been he's been playing well for us you know a lot of people thought our season was was pretty much down the drain once Masoli and Tyree Adams went down, but uh, nah, Dustin. Dustin is a guy that I think can can definitely make some have some success in this league. So, so, do you think is this something that you saw like during training camp? Did you see the potential in this Dustin Crum, or is it something? Or is it one of those things where you need to see this guy in action before you know you're a believer in it? Because I don't think anybody knew who Dustin Crum was before you know <laughs> uh, he helped nah, you guys I, rattle off back to back wins there dramatic fashion yeah 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 like I said like I I had been around him since training camp so even though I didn't get a lot of reps with him I can just I always just looked at him and I could just tell he just knew what he was doing Mm -hmm. and he knew he was prepared like he and he he didn't get a lot of reps I think he did get a lot of reps in training camp he didn't get a lot of reps in in preseason games either Uh, but um I just he but he always was ready and that's what let me know like when he gets if he does get a chance when he and he got his chance against Winnipeg, I knew okay, this guy is gonna he's gonna make some noise because I know like he he's always ready no matter what. Like he's definitely ready, and he's and now that he knows that he's a starter, I knew he would be even more than more than ready. How are uh, how are you feeling physically after your first game back last week versus Hamilton? You're obviously hoping to be more and more involved with this offense as the season progresses. Yeah. I take it. Yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah. I'm physically. I'm fine. Uh, I think last week was just. Shaking off the rust, you know. Um, I, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself that game to come out and be All Star Shaq Evans, you know, first game back, which is which was a lot to put on myself for first game with the not even not even just first game, first game with a whole new team, a whole new roster, a whole new quarterback. So, but I know that each week I will be each I'll, each week I'll get better and better, and um, I'm feeling even better than I was last week because I have two weeks of practice under my belt and this is my third week of practice and I'm I'm starting to feel like I'm coming into myself and uh, so hopefully I can go out there and uh, have a, a, a pretty good game uh, individually uh, against Saskatchewan but at the end of the day the main thing I want to do is just go in there and get a W I mean I know Saskatchewan fans probably hate hearing me say that getting a W against them. I never thought I'd say that, but uh, <laughs> I do want to. I do. I do want to win really bad, and that's that's the main goal for for Sunday. Yeah, no, I think the most important thing is you know Shaq Evans is still playing in the Canadian Football League. That's good for everybody. So can't wait to see you play mm-hmm. here. What's it like, man, wearing uh, brand new colors? You know, red, 
black, white. You wore green and white for years. College, you wore, yeah. you know, gold, baby blue, whatever they call yeah. it, powder blue. Uh-huh. What's it like, man, wearing yeah. uh, the new threads? Yeah, I like it. Uh, red has always been one of my favorite colors, red and blue. So just, just, just having a chance to, you know, on that the red and the black is it's so sweet looking like it's like it's like you just it's like it's, it's almost impossible to not look look swaggy with the with mm-hmm. the red and the black especially when we were at home with our all black jerseys cool. and the, with the red stripes and stuff like that yeah so i definitely definitely like it uh and um definitely um can't wait to this will be my first time rocking the all white um this 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 sunday so i'm definitely looking forward to that there we go some breaking news i think some all white unis for the red blacks coming up mm-hmm. here on a sunday afternoon i love those helmets you guys wore uh the other uh, the other game with the stripe yeah, on it was, with the big yeah, r I, was, I love that one more than the uh yeah. the, than the original i think yeah everybody was loving the big r like everybody like including myself i was like damn then when we walked in this week and they put the small R's back on everybody was like oh (laughs) yeah because i think it reminds a lot of people of like the the ottawa rough riders back in the day and you know the r's kind of similar they used to have a big r on the helmet so i you know Mm -hmm. you know it correlates to a lot of fans hey Shaq, man i can't wait to see you back in regina here on sunday thanks for carving out a couple minutes rider nation still loves you can't wait to see you in action here at mosaic stadium no problem, man. I appreciate you having me, and uh, best of luck to Ryder fans and the Riders on Sunday. But uh, like I said, we're we're coming in there to win, and it should it should be a really a really good game. Yes, sir. That's Shaq Evans. Love it. Love every second of it. Thank you again, Shaq, for joining us uh, on the Western Pizza Hotline. It's going to be a great game, man. On on Sunday, I think it's a five p.m. 5 p.m. kickoff. Yes, yeah, there we go. Shaq knows, and I don't, but that's a good thing. He's playing, and I'm not playing. <laughs> yeah, I just exactly. have to operate. <laughs> hey, thanks, Shaq. We'll see you Sunday. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. Yeah, that's Shaq Evans on the Western Pizza Hotline. We are going to hit the break on the other side, maybe hear from Tevin Jones, wide receiver for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders after practice today. Caught up with him. You are listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. 347 inside the Sports Cage here. Sean Kleisinger alongside Blaine Weiland going over some other news and notes today. The Edmonton Elks have unveiled a new Indigenous logo created by Conrad Plews, a Métis artist of Cree background. And uh, the logo was inspired by the design of a high school student in Edmonton and the Elks... They're going to be donning this new look on Thursday, August 10th. So coming up here one week from tomorrow at home versus the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Two key members of the BC Lions have been named the CFL's top performance, uh, top performers rather for the month of July by Pro Football Focus. And this was kind of a surprise when I saw it. These selections were made from games that took place from week five to week eight, but quarterback Dane Evans was the league's top performer on offense, earning a grade of 90.9. He played two games in place of the injured Vernon Adams Jr., of course, leading the Lions to uh, -to back-to-back wins and completing 71%, nearly 72% of his passes in the in the meantime doing so. So 550 yards passing. He had three completions of 30 yards or more. So two honorable mentions behind Evans uh, were Zach Kolaris and 
Chad Kelly, and those were the two guys I was kind of thinking in my mind. I think Chad Kelly would have taken that one home, but no, it was Dane Evans, according to PFF Pro Football uh, Focus. And according to Jacksonville Jaguars offensive coordinator, Press Taylor, Canadian quarterback Nathan Rourke, is in quote, absolutely more than uh, a training camp arm for the team. The Jaguars are getting set to kick off their preseason schedule. The Jags travel to Dallas to open up uh, the preseason slate on Saturday, August 12th. The following week, they take on the Lions in Detroit on Saturday, August 19th, and then they finish up with the Miami Dolphins in Jacksonville on Saturday, August 26th. So it looks like there will be lots of opportunity to see the former BC Lions quarterback uh, compete for what looks like will be the third string um, quarterback position for the Jacksonville Jaguars behind Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Beathard. But uh, time will tell. Hey, if Nathan Rourke lights it up in, in uh, the preseason games, it'll be hard not to give him a spot on the roster. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raiders quarterback. Yeah, big old Jimmy left Raiders practice early today as coaches are monitoring his injured foot. Don't know what to make of that. Hopefully, uh, Jimmy is okay, though. What's the latest in San Francisco 49er land, Blaine Wyland? What's going on? What's the latest <laughs> cap? I never got to it last time, so I, the floor is yours. What's going on? I haven't last... checked the last couple of days because I think one day I see Trey Lance is at the <laughs> can I throw a beach ball, it seems like. <laughs> and then the next day I see he's the best quarterback on the field. Um, Brock Purdy's been up and down, as expected. You know, he's coming off of that surgery, and I think it's going to take a little bit of time. But uh, he's going to be the starter week one. I thought it was going to be Trey Lance, but Purdy's uh, injuries healing up way faster than I'd expected. I thought he was going to be out till week four, and he's going to be probably back in week one. So uh-huh. uh, some days he's here to Trey Lance is number three. Sometimes, I mean, it. Th- my advice, you got to pay attention who you're watching and who you're reading your sources when it comes to that. So I'll just leave it at that. Who, who, who do you who do you want? I know there's a lot of San Francisco 49er listeners here in Saskatchewan, so they'll be they're interested all, to hear this. You know what? They're all going to play this year. I don't. I cannot see a scenario. Well, I mean, there is all, of course. There's always a scenario a guy can play 16 games, but the way the NFL's gone, and especially the way the Niners season went last season, they're going to need all three quarterbacks. I wouldn't even be surprised if they get a package for Lance and they were to come in with. As Purdy's the number one star, just to throw him in there, unless they really, those rumors are true that they really, uh, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. freak, you know, they're ready to move on with him. I don't know about that. Yeah, well, it's hard not to give Brock Purdy the job after everything he did last year. No, or am I insane on, on thinking that? No, you're not. I don't. No, you're not. It's just that uh, we don't know what you got with Trey Lance. What can yeah. what can you say? Like uh, I know everyone says, well, he's only one and two. Well, you look at that game against Chicago; it was a monsoon. Like. That was a game that no quarterback could have... I shouldn't say no quarterback, but that was a very difficult situation. So I think it's just you don't know what you got with Trey Lance yet. You got to figure out what you got with them at Mm -hmm. some point. But you got to give Purdy... Like you said, Purdy's got the job. Yeah. I just think fans, you know, after that great year last year for San Francisco, a lot of fans, I think, they're in win-now mode. I think there might be a little nerves that they won't be so much in win-now mode if... Trey Lance takes over, and I'm not saying that would be the case because, he, like you said, he hasn't really gotten the opportunity, but we kind of saw what Brock Purdy was able to do last year, not do too much, not you know mess up games, but I'm kind of with you. I kind of want to see what this Trey Lance has to do. I mean, what was he, third overall? Third overall year? pick, yeah. and I mean, they traded, a, they traded two first round, extra two 
two extra first rounders. So essentially three pick. I don't know how you always read those trades where they say they gave you three first round picks for one. And then people say, well, they gave you three picks, but really you just exchanged one and one. You gave them mm-hmm. two extra picks. I don't know. That's one of those arguments that I always don't like to avoid, or I like to avoid, but yeah. uh, they gave up a lot for him. So, but at the end of the day, Purdy's got the job. You, you got to give him the, the first chance, but you got to wait and see what happens. Like I said, I'm, I, the way the NFL's gone, it's hard for a quarterback to play 16 games a season. I know Packers, you've been pretty spoiled with that, but yeah. uh, well, 17 now. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see uh, what the Niners do. Former uh, wide receiver in the National Football League, had a lot of time in the NFL uh, with the Texans, Steelers, Cowboys, Jaguars, and now currently with your Saskatchewan Roughriders, number 14, Tevin Jones, and the media caught up with him after practice today. Um, right now, I'm just focused on the, uh, the win, so anyway I can get this win, it's all that matters. What's it mean to be, be given this opportunity to play with Darrell Walker? You came in for him and kind of taken full advantage of it. Uh, it I mean, it, it means everything because uh, um, I got to take every advantage when I'm out there. And um, I know, like, looking at him, I know that that was me not too long ago. And he poured into me just, just like he's doing now. So uh, I just really appreciate the opportunity. What's it like just as, as a professional player to kind of wait for that opportunity and to finally get it? Well, uh, me being a, being a professional, I just know that um, uh, it's, it's a right. You just got to wait your turn, you know. And uh, when things line up, things go great. When things don't line up, things don't. So I'm just got to be out there. What about the play of Sean Bain Jr.? He's number two only behind you. Oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, and Sean, he deserves it. Bain deserves it. Um, we, we all been working hard. and But at the end of the day, we all try to get the W, and that's all that matters. Is it especially cool to have the most yards in the league when you've played one fewer game than you could have? Yeah, that, I, honestly, I, I didn't even know I had all these yards. You know, like, uh, I'm just out there just playing my heart out and tired every game. And and uh, next thing you know, somebody comes and says, you know, you're leading the, leading the receiver. I, I did not know that. Wow, that's crazy. But um, like I said, like it, uh, I think we'll feel better if we've been winning, but we've been losing, so we got to figure out something. How do you find out that you have that many yards? Do people just uh, tell you, or is it us? Or? No, uh, <laughs> people back at home, a lot of people have been texting me back at home and figuring things out. I'm like, why are all these people texting me? And then I found out why. I'm like, oh, okay, well, my name keeps popping up everywhere. I, I see, yeah. Tevin, you've been here a few seasons now. How has the messaging changed when it comes to penalties? Previous two seasons, the Riders were leading the league, and now you're one of the fewest, well, have one of the fewest penalties in the league. Um, that was a great coaching, you know. So uh, hats off to all our, all our coaches because um, we uh, we had mistakes last year, and we learned how to minimize them. And uh, all we're going to do now is uh, minimize the mistakes that we have now. Now it's not penalties; it's other things. So we'll figure out those things and you know go from there. Dicky said he did change the messaging. Can you explain what maybe changed and what he's been telling the guys for penalties? Dicky is a great coach, and he's doing a great job at attention to detail. So he goes through all the rules and he goes through everything. He, he does a great job on telling us exactly what needs to be done. So, yeah. What kind of, have you noticed a change in difference all from the locker rooms that maybe has also led to it? You got riders brought in a ton of veteran CFLers this offseason. So um, up top, they're doing a great job and bring people in that we can uh, uh, pull, information, pull, pull information from. They can pour it into us. And uh, like, um, as far as Trev, um, he's coming in, even, even him being hurt right now. He's telling us well, what to expect, like game time situations, and uh, I love it. So, um, yeah, hats off to the people upstairs. We mentioned s- having to, you know, get the wins right now. That's yeah, the main focus. So right. what has to happen between the receivers and your quarterback right now to get, you know, more, more passes into the end zone? Yeah, just uh, more focus on practice um, and uh, just try to be perfect. I know we're all not perfect, but that's what that's what we try to do out here. We try to, and just, instead of just practicing, we got a uh, perfect practice. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 
I know you try not to read too much into stats and everything as players, but you're against an Ottawa defense that's given up the most passing yards in the CFL so far. Do you, as a receiver, do you do you lick your chops at an, at an opportunity like this against a defense that gives up big plays? That's crazy because I did not know that. But um, my job is go out there and catch the ball, and when they put it in the air, I'm going to go catch it. So um, uh, hopefully we can uh, get some yards and get some touchdowns and uh, come out with a win. Were you surprised at all? You caught that pass from Jake in his first pass. It got, went right by a defender, right in the Were you surprised how quick it could get there? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm, Jake did a good job of hitting me right in the chest. And uh, if I didn't catch it, it was going to – uh, hit me right in the throat. If it was a spear, <laughs> if it was a spear, it would have killed me. So, uh, yeah, I'm just glad I caught that ball and, and got north and, uh, yeah, did, did what I had to do. Riders receiver number 14, Tevin Jones, after practice today. And uh, I had a brain cramp. Originally scheduled for right now was Regina Red Sox, Dylan Edmonds. Things got a bit thrown off. Dylan Edmonds is going to be joining us at 420, so uh, no need to worry. Our local flavor, Regina Saskatchewan's own Dylan Edmonds, will be joining us on the sports cage right after we hear from the play-by-play voice, the radio play-by-play voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ben Wagner. So Ben Wagner will kick off the 4 o'clock hour, followed by Dylan Edmonds of your Regina Red Sox, Rob Vanstone at 435, and A.J. Jackiebeck. At about 4.50, the voice of the Ottawa Red Black. So, Hour 2 will be loaded, and Hour 2 is coming up here in a few moments. Feel free to text anytime, 306-936-6262. Text me anything you want, and also text in your score prediction for the game on Sunday, because that's right, we are playing Sastel Pick the Score text style. So, 306-936-6262. Give me a text. I'm going to I'm gonna randomly choose one. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to choose a random texter. So 306-936-6262. Text in your score prediction for the game on Sunday. Riders, Red Blacks, and uh, you could win a $200 Sastel gift card. And if I pick you, you will automatically win two tickets to the game on Sunday. So the number one more time. Don't be annoyed at me. I said it like three times now, but here we go. 306-936-6262 as the text line. Sastel picked the score. All right, breaking for news. More with On the Other Side. Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. You are listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. We're talking baseball with the latest on the Jays and the MLB. It's Around the Horn with Ben Wagner on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Yes, and a big thank you to Ben Wagner for joining us here so close to opening pitch tonight, less than an hour away at this point. A voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ben Wagner here for Around the Horn. Ben, this is the first time uh, we have chatted since the... Uh, acquisition of Jordan Hicks before the deadline, a guy who throws, what, 104-mile-per-hour fastball. Uh, for Jays fans here in Saskatchewan that are maybe unfamiliar with uh, Mr. Hicks, what kind of guy are they getting? Well, they're going to get a bulldog on the mound for a couple of innings, and it's not only just the final three outs of a ball game. I'm, I mean that, a couple of innings, where he can give the Blue Jays a lot of versatility in the back end or high-leverage innings. And I was asking John Schneider about this yesterday, 
now that things kind of like are falling into peace for the Blue Jays, trade fast. What's the projection on Jordan Romano? And the, the news is good. Played catch today. Should throw off a mound this weekend. That's really the best case scenario for Jordy to get come to get back off the injured list. But the Blue Jays wanted to improve their bullpen with swing and miss. No more of this dynamic profile and interesting looks. Um, and not to take anything away on other guys or how the bullpen was constructed. You win ball games down the stretch. You win ball games in October, the playoffs, the World Series with power. Power pitching is exactly what Jordan Hicks brings to the Toronto Blue Jays, and it's an electric fastball that does have triple-digit potential anytime it rolls off his fingertips in 102 to 104 miles an hour, a sinker that hits triple digits as well, and then a redeveloped slider or sweeper as it's classified if you really go into the data and the terminology it's classified as a sweeper whatever it's a nasty nasty pitch especially with guys who have to sit ready for the fastball and again it boils down to leverage if Romano is in a good spot and matchups are good he's going to close a game Aaron Hicks or uh, it's not Aaron Hicks pardon me I'm looking at the Orioles and Aaron Hicks Um, but Jordan Hicks Mm -hmm. will be out there in a leverage situation and that might come as early as the sixth certainly the seventh and the eighth where he can cover two innings to get you six outs. So how do you sum up the trade deadline overall for Toronto? Is it a, a win-lose? How should Jays fans feel? It's a push for me. Uh, I think there were needs that were not completely addressed. Uh, Paul DeYoung joining this is a nice piece. It's going to be a nice piece in the absence of Bo Bichette for the next couple of weeks. He's going to get a lot of runway to play at shortstop, show the Blue Jays what he can do hopefully get the bat in terms of on base and batting average a little bit more stocked up than what he had had this year in St. Louis. And it had been a slow start for Paul DeYoung coming out of the gate with a back injury and missing almost the first month of the regular season. Uh, You know, if he can give anything more than what Kevin Biggio, more than what Santiago Espinal, he certainly has a lot more potential than both of those bats out there. He is going to earn himself a lot of playing time. That makes things fluid with Whit Merrifield and how Dalton Varsho then factors in because Whit can play more in left field and less of a platoon at second base for the Blue Jays. So, you know, those are the really two big, big ads of the three that came from St. Louis for the Blue Jays. And there's just not that big splash with a right-handed bat, that big threat that I thought the Blue Jays were going to somehow find at the trade deadline. And there were a lot of names. There was Lane Thomas. There was early Nelson Cruz, who never really profiled, I think, outside of a DH. Um, but... Oscar Hernandez didn't sound like he was going to be made available to the Toronto Blue Jays specifically. If you read the comments from Jerry DePoto in Seattle last night, if you hear as well what Ross Atkins was saying, and just about those bigger names that should have been out there for the taking for the Blue Jays, uh, because they certainly have, they certainly had the, the prospect capital and they had pieces at the major league roster, major league ready, and guys that are in the big leagues right now and could maybe factor in to somebody's plans moving down the road. Uh, so that's that's the one place I think the Blue Jays fell short. But they have they've made their club better. And I think that is, first and foremost, if you are going to be a buyer at the trade deadline, you want to walk away from that 6 p.m. August 1st deadline better than what you were the 24 hours prior. And I do believe that the Blue Jays are in a better position knowing that they get Romano and they get Bichette back. 
Yeah, voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ben Wagner here for Around the Horn on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, been a tough series here for the Jays thus far versus Baltimore. Ryu with his uh, season debut yesterday. He exited the game after uh, surrendering that uh, sixth inning, I believe it was, sixth inning homer to Gunnar Henderson to give the Orioles a 4-3 to lead. And then things got kind of goofy after that. 13-3 to was the final. Uh, what do you make of these past few games for the Jays versus Baltimore? Reason for concern, or is it uh, just the ebbs and flows of uh, Major League Baseball? Well, the concern certainly is Baltimore. I mm-hmm. mean, they're, they're an elite team in the American League. I would stack them up against the Tampa Bay Rays. I would put them up against the Texas Rangers the way they mash. And Rays, pitching-wise, I think have the edge over the Baltimore Orioles right now, even with the addition of Jack Flaherty, who's going to get the finale tomorrow afternoon, make his Orioles debut after being acquired from St. Louis. Uh, this team needs a hit. That's the bottom line. This team has to have producers in the order. You've lost a massive piece of the puzzle here when Bo lands on the injured list today and has you know, basically been headed that way since he left the lineup on Monday night. It's unfortunate uh, to have somebody that's such a catalyst and such a contact-driven approach at the plate not be available for an extended period of time here. Uh, that puts a lot of pressure on the other guys, and they know it. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was out on the field for 90 minutes working on an approach earlier today. Uh, George Springer absolutely has to do something to get balls in play with authority. His exit velocity has been trending down for months. Uh, you kind of saw this tailspin start at the beginning of June. I remember being on the TV broadcast with Buck in the middle of June, when we were wondering then, then, yeah, uh, eight, seven, that. eight weeks ago, and I know I brought it up on this program too, uh, that the Blue Jays should make a move out of that leadoff spot because of what you were getting from Whit Merrifield uh, six and seven weeks ago. So uh, there is certainly, certainly a, a massive need offensively because the pitching, by and large, has been good. They're going into the six-man rotation. I'm fine with Ryu, who looked a little rusty in those first couple of innings. I think he needed to have his bell rung a little bit in the first three batters certainly were able to do that with loud contact, but he settled into a nice groove. You know, he didn't get knocked around. He pitched well enough, keep the Blue Jays in the ball game. And until that go-ahead shot, the Blue Jays were right there for the taking. And there were a couple of things, you know, strategically that I thought the Blue Jays could have done better. But the, the ball games against the Orioles are exactly what the ball games against the Orioles were. And you expected grind out at bats from Baltimore. They work counts. They ambush mistakes. And you cannot let up against Baltimore. And, and they have been They've been playing some tremendous baseball, and the last 48 hours, certainly no exception. Yeah, we'll see if Yusei Kikuchi can uh, get the Jays back on track tonight. Uh, ben, you don't ride a bike to work, do you? Just making sure it wasn't you who stole uh, Kevin Kiermeyer's bike. I saw that video. <laughs> uh, couldn't believe- uh, no, I, I can tell you if I did end up with Kevin Kiermeyer's bike, it would be an upgrade from the two-wheeler that I've got. <laughs> but it was not me that pilfered his mode of transportation. Trust me. Uh but I wish Kevin Kiermeyer, who can afford a new set of wheels, I know he told Lindsay that he would no longer yeah. be riding his bike to work. But, uh, but yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That was funny. Uh, not funny that he got his bike stolen. I was just uh, when he oh. said, I-, "I am not buying another one." He's like, his spirit is just so down. Someone stole his nice little bike. People are just cruel. Hey Ben, thanks for your time today. So close to opening pitch, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. 
You got it, Sean. Anytime, man. That's Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. And yeah, did you see that, Blaine? Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, his bike? Someone mm. stole his bike! <laughs> like, can you believe that? he uh, Apparently his garage door was malfunctioning and it was going up and down, up and up and down. And then when he was uh, on the road, he came back and his, his bicycle was not in his garage anymore. So he was kind of like... You know, I am not buying another one. That's what he. Uh, that's what he told the Sportsnet crew yesterday. So that's kind of not what you want to hear. You don't want to get your bike stolen. That's happened to me once when I was a young little lad. It's not a good feeling. No, I had furniture stolen this weekend, so I mean, I get it. It's Did not, you? Really? Well, I got it back, but holy smokers. Well, that's a topic for another time. We're up against a break here, but we'll be back on the other side with Dylan Edmonds. More baseball talk of the Regina Red Sox. That's coming up on the other side. You are listening to the Sports Cage on this news break and Wednesday on 620 CKRM. Now bringing you three hours of the hottest sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And the Regina Red Sox are at home tonight versus the Sylvan Lake Gulls. It's a 7.05 p.m. opening pitch. Sylvan Lake, they do not come to Regina very often. So if you haven't seen a Sox game this year yet, a very good one to take in tonight. Just two more regular season home games for the Red Sox left in the regular season here. And then playoffs will start up next week. And as it's looking right now, it looks like uh, Regina could be playing the Medicine Hat Mavericks in the first round of the playoffs next week. But uh, I guess I don't know if that is 100% confirmed or not yet. I was looking at the standings earlier, and Medicine Hat has a 27-25 and 25 record in second place in the East, and Regina has a 21-31 and 31 record right now. So, yeah, if my calculations serve me correct, Regina will... Uh, be in Medicine Hat in round one of the playoffs and kind of works out in a way because the last two regular season games of the season the Red Sox are in Medicine Hat for a two-game set Friday and Saturday but uh, uh, we have a hometowner on the phone line right now on hold Dylan Edmonds of the Regina Red Sox joins us now here on the Western Pizza Hotline Dylan how you doing my friend thanks for uh, compensating for my brain cramp earlier on uh, it's all right. How's it going? Doing good, my friend. So uh, you got another big game tonight. I guess uh, t- take us through the year so far. What's the year been like for yourself and for the squad here in uh, 2023? Uh, no, probably not as many wins as you guys have hoped for, but nonetheless, you guys are still putting on a, a great product on the field for the fans to come and enjoy, and the fans have been coming out in flocks as of late. I mean, over a thousand people the last number of home games. So just in a nutshell, just go through the season with us, uh, for us. And how has it been so far this year? Yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't been the season that we, that we really wanted, but I mean, it's not over yet. We got the playoffs coming up, so we're excited about that. But yeah, it's kind of up and down season. We had a brand new team this year. Uh, only, I'd say four or five returners from last year. So it's kind of just getting used to, to the brand new team and you know gelling and everything and we couldn't really get things going early on and now I feel like we're playing our best baseball we've played all year and we just we just can't pull one out it's just not going our way when we want a lot of close games a lot of close losses but uh, we're, we're excited to, to get going at the end of the year here and going to playoffs feeling good uh, we lost a few guys due to school and 
some guys got hurt, so we're pretty banged up. But the guys we got are all ready to go, and we're excited. So you guys are set to play Medicine Hat in the playoffs. I got that correct, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that's correct. So uh, going into play tonight, yeah, you, you guys have a uh, twenty-one and thirty-one record. Uh, what's your favorite position to play, Dylan? I've been kind of going through this in my mind. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess and say it's second base because I don't think there's a better second baseman in the Western Canadian Baseball League defensively than Dylan Edmonds when he's out there. But I'll leave the floor for you to speak on that. What's your favorite position to play defensively? Yeah, I'd, I'd say second. I, I've spent most of my my career at second, but I I like to play other positions as well. I spent it my freshman year in left field, and then moved to second, and then also moved to third. So I kind of played all over, but I, I enjoy playing second base. Actually, uh, I've been left field for a couple games here too, and I like that. It's a little more relaxing, and you can just you know hang out out there, and you don't have to be you know completely locked in on every play and every throwing decision and everything but yeah second base is probably my my favorite position yeah you can pick the dandelions just like in the movie sandlot when you're out in left field no uh hey man in one part of your game that i think i i I don't want to say goes unnoticed because it's hard not to notice it but uh your speed man as soon as you get on first base you can i can always just tell that you're looking to steal second is that the is that something that you've always had is speed or is that something that you've kind of grown into in you know more recent years uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm the fastest guy, but I, I pride myself in picking the right pitches to run on and, and you know, reading the pitcher and reading the catcher. They get lazy, I'll take advantage of it. But uh, I, I've never been the fastest guy in the team, but I, I've always been able to, you know, put myself in a position where I have a better chance of stealing a bag or taking second or whatever, whatever might come. Yeah. But yeah, so... Yeah, and speaking of uh, getting lazy, I think it was you that was on third base about a month ago, and the catcher, I can't remember what team you were playing, but he kind of was lollygagging. He threw the ball back to the pitcher, and then I think it was you who came in and stole home. Am I correct, or was it somebody else? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was me. Yeah, that's one of the plays that I think of. So, uh, Dylan, what's your baseball future look like here? It's uh, August... F- uh, second, almost at August first. No, nope, it's August second today, twenty twenty three. Uh, you got a couple weeks left in the Western Canadian Baseball League season with the Regina Red Sox here. After uh, you wrap up this season, what's your uh, baseball future hold? Well, I got one more year of college eligibility, so I'm going to go to uh, University of Mary in North Dakota and finish out my uh, my last year. Uh, I was in I was at Liberty University last year and. And I, I love that, but I just didn't get as much playing time as, as you know, I'd like. So this last year, it's my senior year. I just want to go out and, you know, have some fun and play my last year, get another degree, and then whatever whatever comes, comes. I'd, I'd like to play professional baseball somewhere. If, if that's uh, in the minor leagues or a pro shot, that's awesome. If that's, you know, anywhere that, that wants me, it's great. But uh, I'm just taking it one day at a time and just trying to be my best uh, self every every game so i'm not really looking about the future i'm just focusing on you know my day by day hey man it's been a pleasure watching you uh with regina the last couple of years here so is this going to be it for you then is this your last year of eligibility with the regina red sox or will you have uh, eligible or will you be eligible next year as well 
I'll be eligible next year, That's but right. that just depends on uh, what happens this college season. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen in the future, but yeah. I'd like to keep playing as long as I can, you know. Yeah. So the door is not closed on Dylan Emmons possibly making a return with the Regina Red Sox next year. Uh, just time will tell. Hey, Dylan, thanks for joining us today, and uh, good luck tonight against the Sylvan Lake Gulls. We'll see you at the ballpark. All right, thank you. Take care. Yeah, you too, my friend. That's Dylan Edmonds. Uh, I was going to say second base, left fielder. He plays all over the place for the Regina Red Sox, and that just speaks to the guy's talent. Joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline as the Sox getting set to take on the Sylvan Lake Gulls. Tonight, 7.05 p.m. opening pitch. Just two more games left in the regular season at home for Regina. If you haven't been out to a game yet, you got to make it out because the last couple games, the last couple home games, I think the last home game, 1,400 and change, just packed into Curry Field. It was some sight to see. And when I say some sight to see, I mean in the best way possible. That was a great environment. Kind of, you know, poking the city a bit maybe to get something done with a brand new ballpark. Just saying. I mean, if you build it, they will come. You know the old saying, feel the dreams. We're going to take a break on the other side. We will chat with Rob Vanstone of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, historian with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and we'll get his take on the upcoming game this weekend as the Ottawa Red Blacks, the Lumberjacks, roll into town to take on the Riders on Sunday. You are listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. It's 4.34 on a Wednesday inside the sports cage. I'm Sean Kleisinger. I got, I don't know, I'm cold today. This studio is a bit cold, Blaine Wyland. Are you cold or am I, what's going on here today? It's just you. It's just me, huh? It's just you. What's going on with me here? Cold-blooded? Or no, if you're cold-blooded, that, that would mean you're, you're hot. It's the opposite. The cold-blooded means oh, you're hot. Blaine, and you're I'm so confused. Let's just talk with Rob Vanstone on the Western Pizza Hotline. How are you doing today, Rob? Are you hot or cold? Oh, my goodness. I am sitting in the alumni lounge at the Mosaic Stadium where the air conditioning is just purring. So, uh, beautiful here. Can't beat this view. Hey, man. uh, Before we talk CFL and before we talk uh, Rough Riders, I want your take on Sean Payton's comments about Nathaniel Hackett uh, last week. (laughs) Uh, Right away, I was like, I want to ask Rob about this because I I want your thoughts on it. Basically, uh, for those that don't know or haven't seen it, Sean Payton basically came out last week and said Nathaniel Hackett's coaching job last year was the worst in NFL history and no idea what he was doing. So with that said, Rob Vanstone, uh, big Bronco fan, what do you make of that? I thought he was being kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I know that Nathaniel Hackett and the Jets and Aaron Rodgers weren't too pleased. And no, Nathaniel they Hackett the other day said that he kind of broke a code. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, there's no other way to explain it. It was just such a coaching abomination last season. So when I when I saw the interview that, uh, that Sean Payton had done with USA Today, I just... It it was kind of cathartic to to, to read that. Just, you don't usually see that kind of brutal honesty, especially when you're talking about the coach fraternity. But that's a, that's exactly what it was. Even the last couple of games last year, after they fired Nathaniel Hackett, they brought in Jerry Rossberg, basically as anonymous as you could get. But over the last couple of games, you just saw what kind of difference just a modicum of professional 
of a professional coaching approach could do for a team. They just look better even having a kind of a, a space filler of a head coach in there. Uh, so that, that, that to me really exposed what had happened earlier. I could, I could just ruin your whole program by going on for 15 minutes about this because you really touched a nerve. I, no. I, may, need, I may need some therapy after this. No, I, I know how to push Rob Vanstone's buttons. That's why I got, <laughs> got you on here. There. <laughs> That's why I got you on here. Hey, Rob, uh, so we're at August 2nd today. How has your first season been so far uh, as an official employee of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Just take us uh, through what, what it's been like so far. It still just does not seem like it's anything I'm capable of processing. <laughs> I keep waiting for them to yeah. kind of escort me out of the building. It does, it's like been five and a half months of trespassing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's been... Uh, uh, it's like here's the candy store. Go in there and just keep eating, and uh, which might explain why I've gained 20 pounds since I started here. But uh, it's been everybody's been so incredibly welcoming, and I've just got a chance to do so many cool stories and, and just just have just it's like a playground every day, and uh, I've loved every minute of it. I can't believe I'm pushing six months here now. I just like I'm like I said earlier. I'm sitting here in the alumni lounge, staring at a at a scoreboard that is actually the size of a regulation basketball court. Mm-hmm. Hey, know, was what, that, a, what a day. Was that your first time uh, out in Halifax in your lifetime, or is that, or have you been out there before? Yeah, when I, when I was born, Halifax actually had not yet been discovered. Oh, <laughs> so dinos. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, I'd never been to there. I'd never been uh, east of Montreal before. So it was really cool to go out there and, and take a look at it and just... Uh, what an amazing part of the country! I just I hope we get an opportunity to go out there again because that was just that was so good. I didn't know that a bowl of clam chowder could be that huge or that delicious. I'm used to opening a can when I when I'm when I'm uh, making clam chowder. It was just oh, it was just an amazing trip. I just uh, I got to ride out there on the fan charter and I just I made so many friends going out there and and uh, I think the people beside me requested a seat change on the way coming back, but. What Did you, you forget do? to put on your deodorant again, Rob? Like we have to—I've been talking talking to you about this. You got to wear your deodorant, man. No, I think it might have been my jokes of the incessant dog chatter. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rob. You love my dog. <laughs> hey, you know, I know you were excited to see Candy when you uh, got home. Candy looking nice and fresh, looking like a healthy young stallion. So that's uh, always good to see. So, Rob, let's talk some football now. Uh, yeah. The the Riders. Uh, big game coming up on Sunday. Ottawa Red Blacks rolling into town. Every single time I have you on here when I'm hosting a show prior to a game, I like to go back in your memory bank and ask you the question right away. When you think of the Rough Riders versus Ottawa football history, what are a couple things that come to mind? Obviously, right away, 1976 would come to mind with Tony Gabriel and all that, but uh, let's forget about that. Uh, what are some good memories that come to mind when you think of the Saskatchewan versus Ottawa you know, rivalry over the year, whether it's the Rough Riders, Renegades, or Red Blacks? Yeah, okay, November 28, 1976, the Tony Gabriel game. I guess, I mean, that's the... That's the ultimate in terms of the one that just your mind flashes back to and the, the teams played as well in the 1951 great cup ottawa won, won that one 21 14 um riders scored the most points ever in their history in 1989 ottawa was here and the rough riders won 58 22 so uh, that was pretty uh, momentous um the uh, Ottawa Rough Riders came here in 1981, and uh, and the San Diego Chicken was part of the entertainment. Riders beat Ottawa 26-23, wow. and uh, and uh, Joey Walters caught two touchdown passes, and 
Ottawa got ahead uh, really quickly, 14-0. Cal- uh, Jordan Case hit Calvin Kirk for two touchdown bombs, both down the right sideline. And I got remember, got, I used to keep my own stats at the games, and I got so upset by the second Calvin Kirk touchdown that I, I kind of I slammed my fist down on my clipboard and broke the clipboard in half. And I had to keep stats on my lap for the rest of the game. But the Riders <laughs> ended up winning the game. So yeah, that one that one stands out. Um, I remember, you know, the last uh, visit of the Ottawa Rough Riders. They came to Taylor Field in 1996, and they they, uh, they won late in the fourth quarter, and we never saw the Ottawa Rough Riders again. It's kind of a sad memory. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, it's. Uh, I mean, the first the first Ottawa Red Blacks game ever was played here. It was it was a preseason game yep. in 2014, and it was actually a, it was actually a technically a Red Blacks home game, but it was played in Regina. So Henry Burris was the uh, opposing quarterback. The first time the Ottawa football team ever set foot on this, uh, yeah. the new Ottawa football team ever set foot on this turf. So there's a whole bunch of them. How about those Ottawa Renegades, though, with Kerry Joseph and the crew? I remember being a youngster when that team rolled around. It was uh, so exciting to finally see a team in Ottawa again because, uh, like you said, they closed up shop in 1996. was four years old at the time. That was an exciting yeah. time when uh, the Renegades their came. Game, their first game was against the Rough yep. Riders. Yeah, in uh, Ottawa, I remember. Went out there and they won late. I think it was a Paul McCallum field goal late that, that, uh, that won that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the the Renegades didn't hang around for very long, but it sure helped the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, because they got they were able to they were able to get uh, Kerry Joseph in the uh, with the first overall pick of the Ottawa Dispersal Draft on April twelfth of uh, 20, 2006. Mm-hmm. and as a throw-in in that draft or, or in that uh, trade, um, Roy Shivers made a deal to get uh, the rights to Darian Durant. So in in one transaction, they got two future Grey Cup winning quarterbacks and one future Most Outstanding Player. There you and go. That was, uh, you know, a kind of a byproduct of, uh, unfortunately, the Ottawa Renegades ceasing operations. But the Rough Riders did very well as a result of uh, of that. And if you look at, uh, you know, after the Montreal Alouettes folded right before the '87 season, um, suddenly welcome back Dave Ridgeway. That's how they got Dan Rasovich. That's why they got Terry Baker. They got some pretty key pieces of that '89 team when the Montreal Alouettes folded. So. Folding does have its benefits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long history between these two cities. I mean, what was it? Uh, the Riders purchased Ronnie Lancaster for what five hundred bucks back in the day. Yeah, and the provision that that Ronnie, if, if the Riders were going to trade him back to the Western Riders were to trade him back to the East, he would have to be sent back to Montreal to Ottawa because Montreal was interested. Mm-hmm. So that was that was kind of the throw in in that deal. That was that was the the. Uh, the, the the twentieth uh, or sixtieth anniversary of that trade was last Saturday when the Rough Riders played Toronto and Halifax. And this coming Saturday, it's the sixtieth anniversary of George Reed's first game as a Rough Rider. Yeah, so these six, the Magic Sixties are hitting a lot this year. Yeah, I saw that on Saturday. That's how I wanted to kind of tie it in here with you today. So uh, let's talk about this game quickly uh, on Sunday afternoon. <sighs> Mason Fine, uh, how do you think he performed on? on Saturday around the circumstances that uh, he was given. Do you feel like, you know, he should be given another shot to be QB1 here this weekend? Yeah, and I think, you know, you've, you've really established the context well. I mean, there were, there were some circumstances, and there were, there were some protection issues. He didn't have the benefit of a, a running game. They're playing, uh, I mean, it's not an excuse to play a tough football team. That's the second straight week that Mason find a quarterback against a division leader. So on the road. So it's it's kind of, I mean, his last three starts with the Rough Riders have been uh, in opposing stadiums. So I think the fact that coming home to start 
will be beneficial. And, and not playing a powerhouse such as the ones they've been playing, I, I think that maybe is an opportunity to get a bit of a fairer evaluation of Mason. And I really like I really like how tough he is. I mean, he took a lot of yeah. really, really jarring hits on Saturday against the Argonauts and just kept getting up and kept uh, kept punching. And uh, you know, with a little you know, much has been made of the fact that the Rough Riders haven't scored a touchdown with Mason Fine quarterbacking in the last two games, but there was a fumble on the one yard line and a pass from the end zone that could have been caught. So I, I'm just not sure that that uh, if you're looking at it again contextually, that uh, that that's necessarily a uh, something that can really be pinned on on Mason Fine. I know I was reading online today. I, a lot of fans feel like this is a must-win game. It seems like we say that every single week, though. It's kind of exhausting. But uh, is this kind of in that ballpark for you? Do you think the Riders need to kind of like win this game here on Sunday? Well, I think it would help the, just the overall vibe and the overall climate. And you yeah. know, it can get pretty pretty ornery around here whether our Riders hit a skid or when anything goes awry. But if you look at the the make up of the, the West Division. I mean, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are still in a playoff spot at the three and four. You know, Calgary's having a rough year and Edmonton is 0-8. So from that standpoint, uh, I, don't, I don't really... I think that might be a bit hasty to call this a must-win. Yeah. It would be hugely beneficial. That, um, I, I, I mean, four and four compared to three and five, it just, it, it just has a different vibe when you look at a 500 record versus two games below. And uh, and the week after it's Montreal, uh, that should be a winnable game. And and, uh, and but then there's a real stretch of games against against opponents who seem to be more formidable. And you're seeing the BC Lions again. You're seeing Winnipeg back to back. So that's a real tough tough run. So if you can stockpile some victories and uh, going into that stretch, I think that's going to be huge too. But must win. I I don't think there's really such thing as a must win game in the first week of August. Yeah. I don't know if you're in the prediction game or not, but do you see the Riders winning this game on Sunday? How do you uh, see this game going? Yeah, my predictions are notoriously bad. So I... <laughs> well, me too. That's what that's what we do here on on the cage. Yeah, we make I, wrong I, I predictions. Think, I, I mean, I, I, if you look at the way the defense is performing, you know, the very strong defensive performance against the the BC Lions, and then last week, I don't think it's fair to pin, pin any anything on the on the. Uh, defense even though the riders gave up 31 points and there's a interception return for a touchdown there's a punt return for a touchdown and the uh, argonauts only offensive touchdown was set up by an intercept that was returned to the 26 yard line so if you look at the way the the defense played against two really tough teams i think uh, that gives the rough riders i think something to to build on going into this game against ottawa i think that'll be the foundation the rough riders just take good good care of the football and, and not get themselves in trouble and if Mario Alford can chip in uh, as he's been known to do uh, I mean he's good for a return touchdown every three games on average so he should be good for one yeah. not this week certainly next week so yeah. going back to Montreal so uh, I think the defense uh, puts the Rough Riders in a really good position uh, with Ottawa coming here in here on Sunday well, enjoy the game on Sunday, Rob. Thanks for uh, taking a couple minutes today. And uh, go home now. No more sleeping under the desk at work, okay? You can love your work all you want. Just go home and be with your dog and your wife, okay? Well, I'm compromising. We've got a staff slow pitch game tonight. Oh, so I'm okay. Taking, I'm taking candy out to the game. Ooh. At my age, I just go and watch slow pitch, but that's what we're doing. I'm, I'm an exciting individual. Nice. I, hey, I want to see candy more at Curry Field. Where's candy been this year, Rob? I know. She's only on? been out there once. Where's the summer going? Yeah, I don't know. I'm very disappointed. Uh, Candy used to come all the time with her Twizzlers in hand or in 
and paw. And this year, I think one sighting. So, uh, hey, you got you got maybe the playoff run to make up for it here, Rob. Uh, once again, enjoy the enjoy the game on Sunday. Thanks so much, Zinger. Great to chat with you, and uh, hope uh, you and your listeners are doing well. Awesome. That's Rob Vanstone of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders historian. If you want to question answer just give old rob a call and he will answer it for you joining us here on the western pizza hotline we're going to hit the break on the other side the radio voice of the ottawa red blacks aj jackie beck on tsn 1200 that's on the way you are listening to the sports cage on 620 ckrm Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on and now starting an hour earlier welcome inside the radio octagon is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. I'm back inside the Sports Cage. It's hour three here. All of our guests on today's show up here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Order the Rough Rider Sweet Deal from Western Pizza and enter your name for a chance to watch a game from a stadium luxury suite next year. Sastel picked the score we played earlier, earlier in the show. I have my winner here. I just haven't texted him back yet. So uh, I do have my winner. So if you haven't heard anything yet, it still could be you. Have my winner waiting in the wings. I will uh, text him back when we uh, listen to this audio here in a couple minutes. I do want to go through this, though. The injury report for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders was released today, and I don't think we've been over it yet. Been a loaded show today. If you missed any of today's show, you can always find it on demand wherever you find your podcasts. Brain Lenius did not practice with a foot. Mitch Picton did not practice with that head injury. Brandon Council uh, did not practice with a knee. So Eric Lofton, he was getting a lot of snaps at left tackle today. Uh Rodney Clemens, defensive back, did not practice with an ankle. Uh, Nicholas Daly, full participant. So that's good. Juwan Breskison, back on the practice field today. Darrell Walker, he was uh, back out there as well with that knee injury. Although he did a, a lot of watching, but it's better than nothing being out there for the first time in a long time. And Kean Schaefer-Baker uh, limited with that hip. So uh, when you look at the wide receiver room, I mean, you lose a couple and maybe get a couple back here in the near future. And I'm referring to, you know, Brain Lenius. Uh, we heard from, or we will hear from Coach Dickinson here as uh, and Dickie was talking about Brain Lenius and his status. Uh, Mitch Pickton still dealing with that uh, head injury. Uh, so let's listen in. This was uh, Coach Craig Dickinson after practice today. Yeah, the, the film. I mean, he played well. You watch the film, and he made a lot of tough throws under under duress, you know, and, and for the most part played a, a pretty sound game, you know, and got the one pick late, but, you know, we were down in that game, and he was pressing, and um, I feel good about Mason. I, I think he's going to get better this week, and I think he's he's earned the right to keep playing. Is it going to be a more of a truer test this week and a really a... A measuring stick game for him against another team that's three and four? No, I think they are all tests and all measuring sticks and I think the last the last two he's played he's he's had, you know, probably the two best defenses in the league. Ottawa's gonna come in loaded for bear. They've got a, a good football team. They can tell they're much better on across the board personnel wise and um, It'll be a good test. You mentioned after the game that you wanted to get Jake some reps and to see him. Is that still the case moving forward? And how do you Possibly. That situation? I mean, they both know they're going to probably play, you know, and they both both need to do well. And, and Shane knows we might use him as well. So it's a game you could see one quarterback for the whole 60 minutes or you could see all three. 
you just said you played the top two teams in the league and you just traveled 6,000 kilometers. How do you keep Mason calm and even ready for a home game this week? Just, Dan, just focus on, on practice. That's what we do. We focus on having the best day we can. So today's focus was on first down and P and 10 and, and doing a good job in the meetings, getting a little lift in and, and having a good practice. That's how, that's how I think you stay grounded. You stay in the present and you focus on having the best day you can. And when the game's here, he'll be ready. Craig, how important is it for Mason to lead a touchdown drive in this one? First two starts, no touchdown drives. It's important for our team to score touchdowns. So uh, I don't care if it's Mason, special teams, or defense. We need touchdowns to win. So uh, that's the end game, and that's the goal is, is you, you want to score touchdowns. So it's important for, for Mason to have a good game and, and lead us to touchdowns when we're down there. Do you have a little extra appreciation for the comforts of home after you play on one coast and then the other coast? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but it goes with the territory. And the road trips are kind of fun because, you know, those are two pretty nice cities if you think about it, Vancouver and then Halifax. So I, I felt like the guys enjoyed both of the road games. We're happy to be home, but we certainly enjoyed the road games. How much do you pay attention to the outside noise? Because people are obviously looking at Jake Dolagallis seeing him sure. for the touchdown pass. I try it? not to listen too much, but, I mean, I'm, I'm a human being. I read the news. And, and I get messages from my buddies too. So, yeah, I mean, everybody's got an opinion. I think it's great. But uh, we get paid to try to make the best decisions for our football team. And and uh, there's no sure thing. But we feel like Mason's the right guy. And we feel like Jake's uh, ready to go if called upon. Craig, I don't, I don't want to jinx it, but throughout the first little bit here, you guys are one of the least penalized teams in the league so far. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's good. We took a little step back this week, Britain. We had eight. So our, our point of emphasis two days ago when we brought them back was let's, let's learn from these and let's make sure we tighten it up a little bit because we're not, we're not a good enough team to overcome a lot of penalties. I think we've done a good job of eliminating a lot of them, but we can still do better, and that'll be something we work on all year. Did the messaging change from you this year? What's kind of clicked this year in terms of penalties? Yeah, it changed a little bit. Yeah, I, I told the fellas we're going to be known for three things. We're going to be known as a smart football team, and that's football IQ. So situational football and being smart about penalties we're going to be a physical football team and I, I think we're getting there and we're going to play together and I think we've done a really good job of playing together so far. Does that come from maybe bringing in some of these veteran guys or they help kind of cut down the penalties? Yeah they do a little bit but we've just been hammering them trust me those guys know the standard for every penalty in the league right now and if they get one it's because they choose to play just outside of it and we make sure they know that's not okay when we review the film. How encouraging is it that that message of the penalties isn't falling on deaf ears? The guys are taking it to heart this year. Yeah, it's it's encouraging. I think we've got a really good group, and I think they really want to do uh, whatever it takes to have success. And one of those things is we've got to be a smart football team. Was there something in previous years you remember from locker room or something that it just wasn't clicking for penalties or what? Yeah, might we have just been? had a we had a little little bit more of a renegade bunch. I didn't do as good of a job of addressing it. Um, and I just think we've learned from our, our past mistakes and we've got a little better. Is there an update on Braden Lenius? He wasn't here today? No, it don't look good for him, though. Well, we'll see tomorrow how he is, but uh, right now we're planning on going without him. Injury in the Halifax game, obviously. Was there a, something that happened? Foot. Foot. Um, and Jordan Tucker bringing him in, what is that? Uh, well, we really like Tuck in training camp, and we felt like as soon as he's healthy, we'd want to bring him back and give him a chance to get going. He's still a few weeks away from from contributing, but he was a, he had a good camp, hurt his knee in camp, so we wanted to bring him back and see if we could work and develop him. Back to Lenius, is that 
tough to see a guy who's recovered from an injury like that don't yeah. have to go down again? Yeah, it was his first game back yeah. after being on the six for that uh, that kidney. So yeah, it's it's tough, tough break for him. Uh, we'll we'll know more tomorrow, but uh, we're not optimistic. We're going to see him this week. And Darnell Sank, is there any interest in bringing him back? No, we we're happy with our our group, and and we feel like we've got a good bunch. So I wish Darnell all the best wherever he lands. That's Coach Craig Dickinson after practice today, and he mentioned uh, Jake Dolagala has some, you know, some people asking him, hey, what about Jake? Is Jake going to get a shot? Jake played pretty good. Well, we heard from Jake Dolagala as well after practice today. Uh, it was good, you know. I thought we I thought we did what we wanted to on that drive. Um, executed pretty well. Um, yeah, we scored. That was good. <laughs> how, do, how do you feel like you, you've maybe improved from training camp, just getting some more reps in that, that with Trevor out? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the reps definitely help. Um, each day I'm just trying to come out here and get better. Does it get frustrating to not play that much? Uh, I mean, there's always going to be frustration when you're not playing, but um, I'm just going to do whatever I can to help this team, and that's that's my job right now. So. Be ready? Yep. Stay ready. Is it hard to re- – do we read sometimes into the garbage time success sometimes, like in that fourth quarter like you had like late in the Yeah, game? I mean, garbage time or not garbage time, like whatever you want to call it. Um, they didn't do anything differently in that time, and I didn't see them pull many guys. So, um, you know, I think, like I said, I went out there and executed. Just your thoughts about playing short yardage. What's your, what's your thoughts? I love it. Yeah. We need a yard. Let me get a yard. The, uh, did, did you talk to Mason? Did you and Mason talk after that drive where you went in? What did he kind of tell you? Yeah, he just, um, you know, he congratulated me. He said, you know, that's just called being a pro. That's, you know, kind of how he put it. Um, you know, sitting pretty much all game. Um, only having those two yardage, short yardage snaps, and then uh, you know staying locked in, um, and yeah, going out there doing my thing. What kind of mindset do you need to have to just get thrown into a, a, a pro game like that, just kind of waiting, like you said, until you get that chance? You just gotta stay ready. Yeah, be Is locked it, in all game. Sorry. Go ahead. They say the backup quarterback sometimes the most popular player. Do you feel that love right now? Popular player? I mean, I guess. I mean, I love my teammates. I think they love me. So. <laughs> We're talking around here. Oh, I guess the fan base. Sorry, the fan base. Sure. Um, I don't know. I've always had a lot of a lot of support around here, um, and that just goes to show what type of fans we have. Were you surprised to already see that there's some people wearing Jake Dolagala jerseys out here in Saskatchewan? No, there was some last year too. Um, not surprised. Jake, I know the cliche in football is every game at a time, but is there increased emphasis on picking up a win this week against Ottawa? And how much would that mean? Yeah, for sure. We're looking to obviously get a win. Um, you know, that's the business we're in. Uh, so we're just looking to go 1-0 this week, and, um, and yeah, that's, that's where our heads are at. What have you – have you been impressed by watching Dustin Crum on the, on the other side, on the Ottawa side, and what's he, he's been uh, Honestly, I haven't really watched much of him. Um, I know he's been playing really well, so, you know, we just got to go out there and do our thing. That's Jake Dolagala after practice today, number nine on your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And, yeah, he looked pretty good when he came in there and touched down Atlantic. So, uh uh, pull in for Mason fine though there's no doubt about it I think Mason's going to have a good game on Sunday I feel it in my bones and we are going to get three players who Paul Waldo thinks um, are going to have a big game on Sunday when we chat with Paul Waldo on the other side of the break with Waldo's Warriors one player on special teams one player on offense and one player on defense. That's coming up on the other side of the break you are listening to the Sports Cage on this Wednesday on 620 CKRM.
the kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 521 inside the Sports Cage. Sean Kleisinger here alongside my buddy Blaine Wyland and uh, looking at some news across the Canadian Football League today before we uh, chat with Paul Waldu on the Western Pizza Hotline with Waldu's Warriors. The Edmonton Elks, they have unveiled a new Indigenous logo created by Conrad Plews, a Métis artist of Cree background. And the logo was inspired by the design of a high school student in Edmonton. And the Elks will don the new look on Thursday, August 10th at home versus the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So uh, I, I took a look at it. It's pretty nice, actually. Don't mind it. Don't mind it whatsoever. So that's uh, one week from tomorrow, Edmonton will be donning that new logo. For that game only, I'm pretty sure it's not uh, their permanent logo they are doing uh, for that game only. Hey, Paul Waldu joins us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Paul, uh, how's your Wednesday going? Nice hump day Wednesday, almost the weekend, huh? Yeah, you know what, for... Uh... For me, Wednesday is Monday, and Monday is Sunday, and in oh. my line of work, you're pretty much working every day, so they all, they all kind of mess in, but, but overall, it's going pretty good. How are you guys doing? No, not too bad, man. What do you make of the Ryder game in Halifax on uh, Saturday? Uh, I mean, take us through the the lens of Paul Waldu. How did you see the game? You, you know, when I, when I talked about it previously on, uh, on Waldu's Warrior on Wednesday, you know, I, I talked about them having to play uh, mistake-free football and just, just having to be the, to be the best on, on offense and defense and then manage the game offensively, you know, get the ball on the ground and let, let Hickson and uh, Morrow do their thing. And, I, you know, and I feel like there were times where, you know, I thought, I thought Mason, um, you know, did a good job of moving the ball down the field. But, you know, when you give up special team touchdowns and you're not, you're not able to put on consistent, consistent drives offensively, then it puts your defense in a tough spot. But, but I do think our defense – you know, did a heck of a job of kind of keeping that that Argo um, that Argo team in, in, in check. So, yeah. So when you look at this game coming up this weekend, this is another big one, obviously for the Riders. Three and four Ottawa Red Blacks coming into town. Uh, when we took a look, when we looked at this game on the schedule, maybe like a month or two ago, we kind of thought mm-hmm. to ourselves, "Oh yeah, automatic win, baby. Let's rack mm-hmm. this one up." But now yeah. it's a, it's a different story. Dustin Crum, Crum Nation, rolling into town. Yeah. Uh, how do you see this game going? I guess let's start off. What's uh, one player on offense that you're looking for uh, this weekend? You know, I think I think my offensive guy is going to be Winicky. Um, you know, he obviously made his appearance back last week with the addition of of Linius, and I think those are two veteran receivers who have who have made names for themselves. But but I don't think he got overly active until I want to say it wasn't until the third quarter where he where he caught his first ball. I think I don't think he had more than two catches. So I think with with, with Kevin Jones really coming on, and I, I don't think he's a he's a he's a secret anymore. And I think teams are really going to look after trying to make sure that they can prevent him from making big plays. So I think I think uh, Winnicky's gonna come on and have a and have a big uh have a big one on, on Sunday. So Yeah, Jake Winnicky is the man on offense for Paul Waldo and the big one on defense, Paul, who's it gonna be? Who's uh-huh. uh going up against Crum Nation, Dustin Crum and Shaq Evans, all those guys, who's it gonna be for the Riders yeah. this week? Well well I, I think you I think you said that you know it's gonna be it's gonna be the guy who's gonna be responsible for um, taking care of of Crum there and, and being able to, to to watch him and spy him. Now I know you know Calgary had Cameron Judd on him and and you know, he did an overall he did a pretty decent job. I think he had about ten twelve tackles that game, but 
um, you know, you know, the one thing they didn't do as well is they, they really didn't prevent him from getting mobile with his feet. So when I look at our defense, you know, whether it's going to be a guy like Larry Dean who's in the middle or whether they bring an extra defender, an extra defensive back to come in and, and spy him because, you know, at the end of the day, I, I don't think Crumb can beat us with, an arm, with his arm. I mean, you know, he could be productive offensively, but, you know, if, he's, if he is quiet on the ground, then I think we're okay. You know, you look back to, to the Calgary game in overtime, if I'm not mistaken, I think Jake Jake Mayer had uh, a career high. I think he threw for almost 500 yards, and you know they didn't get the win. And in conversely, you look at the other side and you look at Crum. I think he threw for about 220 or 250, but he had over 100 on the ground, and, and they were able to win. So I think that defensive player, that defensive warrior for our Riders Riders defense is going to have to be either Larry Dean or whoever they choose to to spy him and make sure that Crum doesn't get active uh, on the ground. Yeah, I like that. And on special teams, it's hard not to think of Mario Alford every single game. Now it's been a couple games since he's taken one to the house, so it's almost like I'm looking at my watch right now. I think it's about that time for Mario Alford to take one to the house this weekend. But with that said, who's uh, the warrior on special teams for Paul Waldo this week? Uh, you said that you said your warrior is my warrior and is Mario Alford. I mean, that's a guy who, who can score from, from anywhere, right? And, you know, I think, you know, statistically, I remember, obviously, when I was playing, being, being a special teams guy predominantly um, for most of my career, but it was like anytime you have a, uh, a special team touchdown scored on you or you score uh, a touchdown, it's a, it's a 75% um, probability of either winning if you're, if you're scoring special teams or losing if you're on the other end of it, right? So I think, I think Alpha makes a, makes a huge difference. And he can score from anywhere on the field, whether it's missed you know, missed field goals or uh or punt return. So I think he, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be my warrior this week. And if he can get busy, uh it's gonna be a good day. It's gonna put the offense in uh, in you know in great field position and not force us to have to, you know, drive the ball, you know, eighty, ninety yards to uh to score. Paul Waldo, we had uh, Shaq Evans on earlier in the show today, and uh, Shaq is. Uh, I asked him about, you know, like what's your emotions going to be like coming up uh, on Sunday, coming back to Mosaic Stadium for the first time, and basically, uh, you know, he he said, "I won't know until you know the time happens." But I'll ask you, Paul Waldo, since you've uh, you've been through it, you played on the Montreal Alouettes, and then you came to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So, what was that like for yourself uh, going back to uh, Montreal? all for the first time after you know winning a couple great cups with the team what was it like yeah. suiting up with a different team and being on the opposite sideline you know what it was it was tough i mean until game time i'll be honest with you you know leading up to it you know even his landing in montreal spent four, four you know great years there and we were you know we had so much success going to these three great cups it really it really felt like home at the time for me so it was tough it was pretty emotional leading up you know the warm-up scene you know a lot of my former teammates and you know, you know, once you once you strap up, then it, then it's go time, right? They're the enemy on the other side. There, not one the same jersey, but you know, leading up to it, it was it was it was pretty pretty emotional for sure. Yeah, so I can I'm I'm gonna you know go on a limb and say it might be the same uh, for Shaq Evans maybe this week. So uh, it's gonna. Uh, can't wait to welcome him back to Mosaic Stadium. Always see those Evans jerseys still rolling around town. Yeah. So, no, no, you do it. Yeah, and he was he was a good player, but you know, a fan favorite. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it how it plays out. Let's just let's just hope he doesn't get too busy on the football field. Yeah. you know, he does. He does. He's more active. You know, prior to prior to the game than during the game, and. Uh, and that'll, that'll help us out for sure. Yeah, I can't wait for the game Sunday. Paul, thanks for uh, giving us your Waldo's Warriors for this week. And uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. Some Sunday football. 
That's that's Paul Waldu and Waldu's Warriors here on this week on uh, August second. The Waldu Warriors for this coming game against the Ottawa Red Blacks on Sunday. So it's uh, Mario Elford on special teams. It's Jake Winnicky on offense and on defense. It's whoever is you know spying on that old Dustin Crumb because we all know he can use his legs and he's been doing it all season long or ever since he's been at at the helm for the Ottawa Red Blacks. So those are the guys to look out for uh, on Sunday. We're going to hit the break. And then on the other side, uh, where are they now installment for Floor Coverings International as Glenn Suter uh, sat down with the old general manager of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Brendan Tammon. And that conversation will be up next. You are listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. They're the names we speak with reverence or scream out loud. The names that help define us, inspire us, and build the game that we all love. Each Wednesday on the Sports Cage, we flash to the past with a legend to see if there is indeed life beyond the scoreboard. This is Where Are They Now? Well, welcome to Where Are They Now? We're taking a little bit of a different approach tonight because we're going to talk to one of the architects of the 2013 championship Saskatchewan Rough Rider football team. Brendan Tamney's on the phone with us now. Brendan, how are you? Not bad, Glenn. How are you? I am really good. I know you're still in the game. I know you're out there in Ottawa. Um, we will save that and that discussion for another time because we really want to cool. fo- focus, <laughs> your focus on the 2013 season. But... Take take me through just just as we you know ease into this. Take take me through the building of that team because the off season before thirteen is probably as important as the thirteen season. No, yeah. When we we played, you know, at the end of the eleven season, we knew we had to retool that team pretty significantly. So it started in twelve in the off season, and you know the first thing we did was start to build the old line up at the line of scrimmage. So we we ended up signing uh, Brendan as a free agent. We we got Dominic Picard as a free agent, and that sort of started it. We drafted Heenan. So that was sort of the building blocks of the foundation of the team. We knew we had to upgrade guys here and there with different positions, and probably the other one was the secondary. So the O-line and the secondary is where we really started in 12 to try to really improve the team. We had to move on like from really good players like Wes Cates, uh, Gino retired, you know, those kind mm-hmm. of things were going on. Andy we knew we couldn't keep because of the salary cap, so we decided to go with the old line instead of Andy. So those those things all were hard to do, but um, we just started to try to turn the turn the corner in the off season going into twelve, and we did. So um, you know we fine tuned it going into the thirteen season, but yeah, it did start in twelve for sure. Tell me about you know how confident you were you know, even a year or two ahead of the 13 season in the leadership and, and just the abilities of a Darian Duran at quarterback as, as your face of the franchise really at that well, time. Well, yeah. And I don't want to overlook that position because as we see currently in this league, that's very important and I right. can relate to it right now where I'm at, but we knew around him we had to improve. Um, we, we were pretty confident he could get it done when need be, but we needed to help him. And one of the first things to do was to protect him better. So we were able to do that, but um you don't really go into a year planning two years out. We we knew going into 2012, we had to be way better than we were in 11. Realistically, we were trying to get into the playoffs, which we did, and we were a player or two actually away from getting into the Western final that year. But we knew we had something going, and we just needed to keep building on it going into 13. But 
Uh, there was a lot of good pieces there. We just, you know, with Dressler and Bag and Daring and guys like that, Getzloff, we knew on offense we were going to be okay to move the ball. I, I want to ask you, because you've been in other organizations, you're in another organization now, um, mm-hmm. just just the, the different dynamic that is being a, a GM, a president, a head coach, a starting quarterback in the province of Saskatchewan? <laughs> well, um, you know, I always look back where I was in that particular time, and I figured, you know, if I can do that job in Regina or even in Winnipeg back when I was there, mm-hmm. and I, I, I buck Sean, our GM here in Ottawa, about it all the time, hey, at least we can make a mistake or two and you won't get uh, you won't get bucked at the restaurant or down the street or in your car. <laughs> so... <laughs> But that's the good part about being there is people care and it's a big part of their culture and their day-to-day living. And, and that's what's fun about it. And, and that's nothing negative to where these other markets are, but over there, it means so much. And you know that when you're there, you you know that it means that whether you're a player or a coach or whoever you are, you know that it means much. You can tell. And uh, it, it's fun. And it's, you know, Glenn, you were there. It's It's great when you win. When you lose, it's a little more tricky to manage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I hear you, and I, and that's what it really comes down to, isn't it? That they're so passionate, and it's okay. Yep. You can spend five minutes with every single person that wants to, and not and never take it for granted, right? No, um, I always joke that I had about I don't know twenty thousand assistant GMs every game, so <laughs> I had a lot of opinions coming at me, depending on if it was my boss or the coach or whoever else wanted to talk to me about why we did this or why we did that. But it, it was fun. And like I say, when you succeed, it makes it even that much better. I, I felt like it, it was, and I've said this on a, on a few of these segments with other players, that the run for Darian Durant was as good through the playoffs, I mean, and the Grey Cup championship itself at home with that pressure. And the performance and his efficiency rating through the roof like I don't think I've ever seen of any quarterback. Would you agree? Was it was it that special from the inside out? You know, what it, what you said is totally right. I think, you know, going into that playoff game, you know, the BC game stands out, the semifinal where we got to the fourth quarter and it was it was tough growing there for a while. And then he just took it upon himself and made a couple big runs. And, and I think it was, what, eight touchdowns, no picks in those three playoff yep. games that yep. we ended up playing. And there may have been a better run in those three games in the last, while in the league but i don't remember one and and just seeing it and being there firsthand with what he did he was on some kind of roll and we wrote it and obviously everybody played a part of it but he was a huge reason why we got to where we got to and i just go back to that bc game in the semi and i never want to say he won it on his own but he was a huge part on how he played to get us over that hump yeah yeah hey and and i wanted to ask you this because you know we in the media will will often say hey when you got the great cup at home You've got to go ahead and blow out the budget and just start spending and, and, and whatever. But let, let's get a reality check from a guy who knows what that's all about. Well, the expectation level from obviously the market and the fans and from our board and other people, the expectation was you better be a good team at minimum. And ideally, you get to the game in perfect scenario, which we were able to do, luckily, is we win it. So... I could say to you, Glenn, that nah, it was just another year and everything was normal. But as the season went on, and as good as we were playing, the expectation level rose that hey, these guys got a chance, and hey, these guys are good. And and we knew it was a big year for for the organization hosting it. You know, the last game in the old building, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not naive to all this. It's a tough business. You need breaks. You need a lot of things going for you. But we we built towards that year, like we were talking about in 12. You know, we wanted to win it in 12 like everybody does every year. But we knew going into the next year, we better be good or our rain would probably <laughs> be in trouble, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So we really focused in on doing right things in the right way. Where we uh, the word I always used when it came to that year was aggressive. We were not going to sit back, and we turned over almost every stone on a lot of good players. We didn't get all of them, um, but we got most of them that we wanted. And as fate had it, it worked out. Sometimes teams do that, and it doesn't work. And you need you need good health with injury success. You need luck, which you need to be honest with you. You need some of that, mm-hmm. and you need good players that believe in what you're doing. So we were able to put the right group together that year, and it worked out. I think one of the one of the key elements from the outside looking in, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but was bringing in a guy like G. Roy Simon. Yes, and, that, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Glenn, because when I talked to Corey, our coach, about acquiring him, we were, you know, there was a little question on what's he got left, this, that, and everything on the playing field. Honestly, when we acquired him, my big thought was he's going to give us a guy that's been there, done that, with some ability still to play, as he proved in mm-hmm. certain games throughout that year. But it was more of the leadership in the locker room. He, I thought, could help Dress and Bag and Getzlaff, and more importantly, Darian, show these guys on. They all were pros, and they were all good, hard-working kids, players, everything. But it helps when you've had guys that have been there, done that, winning. And I just figured he would sort of be icing on the cake. I didn't expect him to be a 2,000-yard receiver, but I knew he could still play, and he would add a lot to the locker room. And, again, you know, we got Chick back. We had Ricky Foley there for the veterans, and it all, like I said, came together. But you're right. G-Roy was a big, big part of that that team in a, in a different kind of way. Well, I I have to say uh, we have to wrap up. I'd love to just sit and chat uh, with you all day long on on all of this and the memories of, of a championship season at home with all that pressure. And, and you, one of the football ops guys that put it all together. And uh, again, congratulations on a championship season. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Brendan. Appreciate it. That's Glenn Suter with Brendan Tamman. Uh, This week's installment of Where Are They Now for Floor Coverings International. Need new floors? Let Floor Coverings International bring their mobile showroom to you. Visit their website for your free consultation. Uh, And, uh, hey, that one uh, premiered on the Ryder pregame show on Saturday, as it always does. And this coming weekend, we will be hearing uh, Glenn Suter sitting down and chat with Keith Shulligan. Uh, nice defense alignment. I believe that is the one that's uh, up next in the Where Are They Now series. So that's coming up uh, on Sunday, of course. The pregame show will be uh, on the air at 2 p.m. Saskatchewan time with countdown to kickoff. And then the hour leading up to kickoff is uh, the Ryder Nation pregame show with Michael Ball and uh, Luke Mullender. Big, big, big game coming up here Sunday. And uh, we are getting closer to it. We're going to hit the break on the other side. A couple more minutes, and we'll hear from Mason Fine. He chatted with the media after practice today. It's a big game. It's a big week for him. And I know Ryder fans, they want him to do well. And I know Mason Fine. I'm not saying he's feeling the heat, but how could you not feel some of the noise? You know, this is Ryder Nation. This is Saskatchewan. 
And, uh, you know, good quarterback play goes a long way. So Mason Fine, he's under the spotlight once again on Sunday. We'll hear from him on the other side. You were listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Yes, talking more riders here in a few moments. As uh, we will hear from Mason Fine, who chatted with the media after practice today. This text coming in from Dale and Melfort. Tamman was, I think, the best GM we have had in the last 20 years. Sadly, his downfall was only because he has... Or he had two starting QBs go down. Much respect to him. Once again, that's an in-quote from Dale and Melford. Big congratulations goes out to Carter. Carter is uh, today's pick-the-score winner. Uh, Carter predicted a 24-16 Ottawa Red Blacks win on Sunday. So that's not why I picked him. <laughs> I, uh, I picked him because... Uh, he thinks that Mason's, Mason Fine is going to have a, a good game coming up here on Sunday, albeit in the loss. But uh, Carter of Churchbridge, Saskatchewan is your winner today. Hey, this day in sports history, every single day, is brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. Let's go back to August 2nd of 1907. Legendary pitcher Walter Johnson at just 19 years of age. Uh, began his 21-year Baseball Hall of Fame playing career with Washington with a 3-2 loss versus Detroit. So that happened on this day way back, and I mean way back, to 1907. And fast forward to the modern day, 2023, the Toronto Blue Jays are in action right now versus the Baltimore Orioles. Top of four, no score. You see Kikuchi, he's doing pretty good right now. And the past couple of weeks, you see Kikuchi. He's been kind of like the guy the Jays have been leaning on to, uh, you know, get out of a funk, if you will. And uh, just looking at the box score right now, the Toronto Blue Jays, I think they're still looking for their first hit. Yeah, the Jays don't have a hit yet. But, uh, hey, it's only the fourth inning. Baltimore has two hits, one air. And uh, if you missed today, any of today's show, we had Ben Wagner, the voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, to kick off Hour 2. We have, we've had an awesome show. Uh, Shaq Evans, former Saskatchewan Rough Rider receiver, highlighted today's show right at 3.35. He joined us to talk about his return to Ryderville coming up here on Sunday. It's the first time that he has set the play at Mosaic Stadium since, you know, leaving Saskatchewan. I asked him about, you know, what's your emotions going to be like when you come here on Sunday? And then I was like, hey, you can't really predict emotions you'll know when the time comes so if you missed that conversation it was a great one uh it happened at the bottom of the clock in hour one so uh, you can uh, check that out in podcast form once it's up uh, later on this evening we had dylan edmonds of the regina red sox join us as well today and dylan edmonds is getting set to take on the sylvan lake gulls tonight at curry field it's the second last home game of the season for the red sox tonight and then tomorrow night and then and that will be it for the home schedule anyways before the regina red sox hit the road for a few more games to wrap up the regular season dylan edmonds joined us you can check that out. i already mentioned ben wagner the radio voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks, A.J. Jackiebeck, 
uh, t- chatted with us as well. He's always excited to make a trip out to Regina during the CFL season. Uh, Rob Vanstone gave some of his memories on the Ottawa versus Saskatchewan rivalry over the years. We chatted with Rob Vanstone, also got his take on Mason Fine as the quarterback of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Paul Waldu and Waldu's Warriors just a few short minutes ago. If you missed that convo, it's on demand. And yes, where are they now with Glenn Suter alongside the former GM of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Brendan Tammon. To wrap up today's show, we will leave you with audio from quarterback number one, Mason Fine. He's number eight inside your game day program, of course, and he is your starting quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and he will be back behind center for the Rough Riders on Sunday versus the Ottawa Red Blacks. And uh, we will talk to you tomorrow on the Sports Gauge starting at 3.05. It will be myself alongside Blaine Wyland once again. Uh, this is Mason Fine. After practice today, talk to you tomorrow. Uh, yeah, you want to get the win, so um, obviously that's a letdown. But uh, you go back and you watch film and you grade what you could have done better and uh, what you did well at, and there's some positives to take away. There's some negatives. Um, so me and Kelly, uh, Coach Kelly went back and watched film. There's some good there, and obviously there's a couple of plays you want to have back. But um, overall, I did well. You can play better, make a couple more throws, better decisions. But uh, a lot to build on uh, moving forward, and I'm just going to you know keep my head down, keep working. Uh, get one go one week better, uh, focus a little bit more, uh, come out a little bit, chip on my shoulder, make sure this offense is rolling, and just just attack each and every day. Do you feel pressure to lead a touchdown drive at this point, two games without you leading? Uh, no, I don't feel any pressure or anything like that. We just got to keep running our offense. Obviously, you got to put points up, and um, you know that's what I care about is, is putting uh, points up on the board, no matter you know how you get it done. But yeah, you got to get it done. You got to put more points on the board uh, as a as a group, as an offense, and. Uh, so yeah, you gotta you gotta you know just keep challenging yourself and knowing you're gonna get better. Uh, we're right there, and uh, we just gotta have another great week of practice, uh, lock in and, and go out there and, and translate from practice out to out there to the game. I feel like we lose a little bit of the translation from having great practices all week, but then when it comes to game day, maybe we just miss our assignment here and there, don't execute quite. So we just gotta get better from transitioning from practice and putting that into the games and making different mistakes in games and not the same mistakes from the weeks prior. How are you feeling physically after that game? Because you took some big hits in that one. Yeah, I'm feeling 100%. I felt 100%. Um, just, uh, you know, I felt 100% five minutes after the game. Just uh, kind of hit a uh, shoulder, took a shot there. But I, I was good five minutes after that. And um, 100% on the plane ride back and 100% the next day waking up. So I feel great moving forward. What does it mean to you to hear your head coach say that you're going to be continue to be the team's starting quarterback even immediately after a losing effort just to have that confidence from the head coach yeah you know it's just i obviously you want to win games but you got to realize it is a team sport there's a, it's a team it takes 45 active guys on the roster there's 12 guys on offense you just got to keep doing your job and um and it, it and um yeah, he thinks I'm doing an okay job to keep the spot, so uh, he makes the call at the end of the day. I just got to focus on doing my job each and every play, and don't try to push too much on each drive or each quarter. Just look at it one play at a time, look what the defense is giving you, and make the make the most of it within that given play call. Your last three starts have been on the road. How nice will it be to start here? It'll, it'll be nice to play in front of Rider Nation here in Mosaic. Uh, I love playing here. You know, the time I've gotten my um, minutes here, it's a uh, I feel like the fans are going to bring a lot of energy, and, and it's going to be an advantage uh, for the offense for sure. So I'm looking, looking much forward to it playing here at home at Mosaic. Yeah, There's always different challenges and obstacles, especially going away, uh, especially to Halifax a day earlier. Kind of messed up a routine, so it's going to be good just to stay home, uh, play in front of our home fans. Uh, 
and, and get used to your home routine. I feel like me personally, I love home games just so I have all the the, the facilities, the resources here, the tools. Uh, I got my film set up. You know, I got, you know, I just, I, you know, yeah, it's just, I get, you got your, you're used to the routine here. So, yeah, I, I think it, it's going to be nice coming back home and playing for this this week. Do you feel like there's an opportunity there against uh, an Ottawa team, similar three and four record? They've given up the most passing yards uh, in the league so far? Uh, I mean, statistically, I, I don't care what the stats say. You put, you watch them on film, it's a great defense. Um, and obviously, you watch the games on TV, the offense, and what's going on there. But just watching film and, and uh, analyzing that, they're a great defense. They, they, they don't make a whole lot of mistakes. They're in the right position a lot of times. And, uh, you know, they, they've created turnovers. So they're, they're a ball-hawking defense, and uh, they're strong, and they're physical, and, and they play hard. You turn on that tape, and linebackers, DNs, are all playing hard. So it's going to be a great challenge for us, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Have you been impressed with what Dustin Crown was able to do over there uh, with yeah, as a quarterback, you're impressed with any uh, young guy that comes in and, and wins games, especially coming from uh, behind. Shows how resilient he is. A uh, guy willing to make plays like that. So, uh, yeah, I credit him for for making those plays. He's doing a great job over there, and I, I wish him the best uh, moving forward as just a quarterback to a quarterback. You know how close this quarterback room is. You guys all seem like friends. So, what's it like to see Jake go out there and lead that touchdown drive? It's good. I mean, you want to see your your, your guys uh, do well, your friends uh, have success. Same thing happened last year when I had success when when uh, you know they put me in there early against Montreal and Cody you know he showed me the support that I need I knew how much that helped me moving forward so I want to do the same exact thing uh, for Jake and uh, and uh, this gives the team confidence and him confidence moving forward that you can go out there and play today's sports cage has come to a close miss a segment download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca get your sports straight from the source 620 CKRM